welcome to episode 122 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And, uh, you know, this episode's an interesting one, because it's been a few weeks since All we... All our episodes are interesting, This Jason. one's actually... You're right. This one is just as interesting as the others, but for different reasons, because it's been a few weeks since Mitomo first came out, and uh, as promised, in this episode, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on what works for the app, game, whatever you want to call it, what doesn't work, everything in between, and the thing about Mitomo and kind of this episode in general is... Um, kind of embodies this whole new Nintendo that's happening, better than anything else. Like, Nintendo's centering itself around these ideas of one of not just one-off games, but, like, services, these extended things that you do for a long period of time, Mitomo being the latest example. So, uh, in the case of Mitomo, I feel like they may have lost their way a bit with the service ideas. So, as such, we're calling this episode, this is the longest explanation of an episode title ever, but we're calling this episode Lost Service because it's a little bit lost to the service, and also it's a cell phone game. So, Lost Service is a cell phone term. So, it's just, it's perfect all around. That's the end of the show. We'll see you guys in two weeks. No, but, um... Random Nintendo, yeah. the only show that... Explains its titles <laughs> in... How long did that take me? A minute and a half to explain. But, no, seriously, we, we are going to talk about Mutomo later in the show and share our thoughts, because it is... I feel like the impressions now are very different than what they were in those first 36 hours we played it before our last episode. So, of that, we also have a whole bunch of rumors about NX and potential Wii U to NX uh, game ports... What's next for Amiibo, the first DLC for Runbo, March sales numbers, and now that's Fishery Baseball season, uh, Angel, you want to revisit Mario Super Sluggers, and that's on the Wii Virtual Console as well, so we're going to have impressions of that after Mitomo at the end of the mm, show. The best baseball game ever. So long story short, now that I've given way too long of an intro, use the timestamps to find what interests you through the blog post for this episode at Ramtown.com, or just listen to the whole thing. Um, but I did kind of want to share, as a theory... About Nintendo and services. I did kind of want to talk about that, and that is a nice segue into the NX rumors, and then from there we just go through everything else. So, uh, we've kind of touched on this before, and obviously feel free to jump in. We've kind of touched on this before, but um, now it's really kind of starting to look like this idea that Nintendo's future is all about expanding their IPs and whatnot is almost just a cover for their real idea of everything's a service now. Like, the idea is, like, you know, you're expanding your IPs to get people to buy one-off games for NX, Wii U, 3DS, whatever. And it seems like that's not exactly what's going on. They want to expand IPs almost in the same way they want to have you keep revisiting their games over and over. It's this huge money-making thing they're doing now. Like, it used to be back in the day, Nintendo's goal, I will always say, was to get people to play a game. You, to use Nintendo once a day. So you had Brain Age, Train Your, train your Brain in minutes a day. You had Wii Fit Rate away in daily. You had things like Wii Connect by 4. The idea was you check your message board on the Wii once a day and then go look at the news and the weather. The idea was if you get someone to play once a day, that, that's enough to keep so them engaged. So it gets tiring. But, right. I mean, but now they're going the other way because it's not just getting tiring. Now they're saying you need to constantly, as much as humanly possible, be engaging with our stuff. We're going to keep pumping things out as quickly as we can and you're going to keep engaging. Because like, if you think about it, before you even get into a game now, Nintendo wants you to engage with this brand with the IP expansion thing. So, like, the merchandise, the theme parks, all of that is the first step in this idea that, like, we're going to offer all these things of Nintendo, and you go and you experience it, and then you experience the next Nintendo thing, and it just kind of stacks on itself. So you see the expansions, then you go buy a game, let's say. You know, you, you cave, and you go, okay, Splatoon looks cool, I'll buy Splatoon. At that point, it's not even just, like, you're buying a game and maybe some DLC. It's like the game is constantly being worked on. Splatoon is constantly getting updates. Mario Maker is constantly getting updates. And not only that, but all these games have a component of an online community that goes with them. Splatoon obviously has multiplayer. Smash Bros. has eSports. Um, anything else has Miiverse, essentially. Like, they made an, a, a thing where you could have a community for every single product they make so they could keep pushing things to you one way or another. And then when you combine that 
with uh, like things like Mitomo having coins that get you new things and yeah yeah yeah. Long story short, there's this never-ending cycle of just like we're getting money out of you. If it's Mitomo, it's the you know in-app purchases. If it's Mar, if it's Smash Bros, it's buying characters. If it's uh, Splatoon or Mario Maker, where all the DLC is free, it's all that DLC is marketing other things now. Splatfest about Pokemon right when the virtual console releases come out, not a coincidence. Mario Maker costumes for Totem Link right when Triforce Heroes comes out, not a coincidence. All these constant updates, all this service stuff they're doing is a never-ending stream of, here's how you can give us more money. Which makes sense, they're a business, but um, I think that's the real future of Nintendo. It's not this idea of, like, we're expanding our IP, and oh yeah, we're going to have the NX, and they're all unified. The reason these things are all like this is because they want to perpetually get money out of you, and not just, like... You know, not be like, okay, you bought F Zero, that's great. We'll see you in a year when you buy something else. But so like, this where did never that ending. put Star Fox? Because it doesn't exactly well, seem I don't like th- a service of any kind. It's just like a traditional Nintendo game where it's like, oh, here's a game you play well, once and you're yeah. kind of done with it. I mean, I guess I mean they're obviously still gonna have that. I mean, I can't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a game designer. Maybe they figured out a way to turn like their their 3D Mario games into a service later on. I mean, maybe by giving you a constant stream of random levels, or I don't know, but... Well, I don't think it's going to be true for every single game. I mean, in the same way that, like, all of... You know, when Nintendo had Brain Age and all that stuff, when their their goal was going after the casuals, they still separately were making, like, excite bots. Like, I think the, 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 the main profit driver for the company is going to be stuff like this, but, I mean... Some games will work, some won't. Animal Crossing seems like a shoe in to be a service game I mean, game it does sound forward. like they're slowly trying to combine the two. Like, yeah. they're slowly trying to get their hardcore market to do some more casual things and vice versa. But. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think I think we're going to see games that where it makes sense is going to roll out. Like, like I was starting to say, Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you the next Animal Crossing is going to be Splatoon, Mario Maker, Mitomo style, where it's constantly being yeah. updated, constantly connected. Check the store every day. Well, they already kind of They kind of already do, but now it's going to be hooked into the web. Yeah, so it's like, oh, special shirt designed by Kanye. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Get Yeezys for your for your little yeah. ammo friends. Oh, man, and I bet you have to pay for those. Like, oh, good, of course, and a private like 20 bucks. Yeah, probably. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that's... I don't think, like, Star Fox's game, that would make sense, but they could even do a more scaled-back version. I mean, that's what the DLC for Mario Kart was. They turned it into a service, basically, for over a year they were pumping stuff out. So... That's how Smash Bros. is, too. So it's kind of like Nintendo's attitude is either we have these games that we make money off of by constantly updating them, or we have these games where there's this component of community around it, and that keeps it on people's radar. Like Smash Bros. with eSports, now that the DLC's over. Or, uh, again, what I was saying about Miiverse, where, like, if you don't have a thing in the game that's necessarily a community component, you can still have stuff going on on Miiverse that ties into it and crossover and the cross-pollination and yada yada. So with all that said... I think we're going to start seeing that more, and I feel like it segues very nicely into this new NX rumor that popped up. Uh, actually, many of the NX rumors from the last few weeks. So, for those who don't know, the meat of the rumor stems from three separate sources. A NeoGAF forum member, who was verified. One of the editors of Nintendo World Report, who's obviously in the know about these sort of things, or weren't staked their reputation. And none other than noted insider Emily Rogers, who came back to Twitter recently and also saying this. And what they're all saying is that um, there are going to be potentially four different crossover releases for Wii U and NX. So four different Wii U games will be coming to NX according to them. One is the next Zelda, which is a given at this point. I mean, how long have we been thinking that would happen? Like a year now? Uh, Since the NX was a thing? Yeah, basically. The second is Smash Bros., which previously we discussed like if they did like a definitive edition or a remastered one. Um, and then the two new ones rumored are Splatoon and Mario Maker. 
And the rumor says that of these four ports in development, only two are for sure. Zelda and Smash are the only ones we can, they, that are basically as guaranteed as a rumor can get. Um, Zelda makes sense. They did it with the Wii, the GameCube Wii transition. It, it's a huge franchise, huge fan base. It's going to sell. It's not an issue. Where things get more interesting are the other three. So we touched on Smash when the port was first rumored a few months ago. And the idea, for those who didn't listen to that episode, the idea is that Nintendo put a lot of money and resources into these games. You know, Smash, uh, Splatoon, Mario Maker, Zelda. So they don't want to have it be on a system that's only got a small user base and that kind of cuts off a potential to be an evergreen tile. Like, yeah. it's kind of legs off the sales. Especially with Nintendo promoting or, or I guess, like, helping sponsor, like, these big events like Evo and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you don't really want, like, your headlining game to be on a old console. Like, you always want to be showing off your newest one. So, right. yeah, like, by next Evo, you're, it's like almost a guarantee that there's going to be the next console, whatever it's called. Yeah, and then Smash and X will be yeah. the one that's played. I mean, it is basically the same game, but it'll at least be running on a console that's hyped up and you can go buy in a store and not, yeah. not get weird looks when you walk out with a Wii U after the NX comes out. I mean, what else do you think, like, um, I guess, well, yeah, Millie's still there, but... Like, the Wii U one. I guess, I doubt they would want only Melee there. Yeah. And Evo. No, no, they for sure would want the next one. Especially since it's engage- its engagement in Evo is now bigger than Melee's. Like, there's more yeah. people playing it and more people watching. So, for sure. But where, where, um, where things are kind of even more interesting. Because these two make sense. So, Smash, okay, because of Evo. And, you know, it's this never-ending cycle of free marketing, basically. Zelda has the fan base. But then you have Splatoon and Mario Maker. And... I feel like Nintendo with those, if the rumor's true, it kind of matches the services thing, and it's basically Nintendo cherry-picking the games they think will get them the most money, because, um, you know, these are the ones that, they are a service, they're continually being updated, and they are games with huge online communities around them, as is Smash. So almost the selling point of Smash is this online community that will support the game into the next system. They have that in place for Mario Maker and Splatoon 2. Because um, if you think about it, like, there's a lot of games that the Wii U could have... Current, the Wii U currently has it could be coming to NX. I mean, we're not getting Mario 3D World. We're not getting Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. We're not even getting Mario Kart 8. We're getting these games that are much more recent but are much more active both in what Nintendo's doing for the game and what people are doing responding to the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's weird because it's like a reversal of what Nintendo used to do because back in the day, Game Boy Advance comes out, here's some Super Nintendo ports from 10 years ago. Uh, even stuff like... 3DS gets Donkey Kong Country Returns like a number of years after it came out on Wii. These games are literally within, it could be as little as 18 to 24 months after their release on Wii U. So this is definitely them trying to migrate people more than anything else, if if that's the case. And I think the best example of how Nintendo's really trying to get people to like latch on and go with the game to the new platform is Splatoon. Because it's still getting updates and events, even now. Like... They put out that new 2.7 update, what, a week ago with the new weapons and Sheldon's weapon recommendation packs and stuff. Yeah, and then they announced... It's crazy, like, after the yeah. whole, like, we're not getting any more updates. Yeah. Then. This is a pretty, like, substantial update. See, and I almost think that could be an example of how Nintendo's like, wait a minute. I think they didn't really, I guess, expect it to be this popular by that point. They're like, yeah. all right, by that time it'll be dying down a little and we can move on to the next thing. And they're like, whoa. Then it blew up in Japan. People and, really Yeah, like and it game. blew up in Japan significantly and they realized, I think... We should I try think, this hard from now on. <laughs> we should always put this much effort into new IP. But no, I think, I think that uh, they realized probably, oh... This game that we thought would be kind of a one and done, this, we could turn this into an, a long term service and bring it to NX and bring all those new Splatoon players with it to the system and get them to buy the system, in theory. So, um, yeah, so they have all that, but then they just announced that on April 23rd, they're doing a new Splatfest. 
And again, an example that they're not just letting the game like wilt on the vine here is it's not just a Splatfest, it's a Spongebob Splatfest. Like, they are going out and getting licensing deals and stuff for this. So, on April 23rd, you could choose to be either Team Spongebob or Team Patrick. Spongebob all the way here. Um, and, like, just the, just the fact that they're doing this and they're doing it with something that's already very heavily used as a meme online. Spongebob is the biggest meme at the moment, I feel like. Like, random Spongebob yeah, it's, photos. It's, it's used for everything. I yeah. With, with Smash Brothers, everything. I see it a lot with Smash Brothers memes, right. but, yeah. But yeah, I feel like the the fact that they're not just doing a random like do you like sushi or calamari or whatever, which isn't even a, a logical comparison. But um, <laughs> the fact they're doing it with like actual relevant things that can double as marketing for the game definitely makes me think it's this is a bigger play for keeping Splatoon relevant into the NX. Mm. But but yeah, so that, that's that's I mean you could argue. You could argue with everything I've been saying that now that I think about that a sequel could do the same thing. Like Splatoon two could definitely pick up the audience and not risk alienating people who uh, have to double dip. Yes. Mm. The budget to make this is a lot cheaper and not just cheaper, it's a lot faster. So if they want to like launch all these things quickly and get a good library of well received games on NX as fast as possible, you're gonna port Smash, you're gonna port Splatoon, you're gonna port Mario Maker. It's exactly what the PS four did its first year or two. All the remasters and whatnot, like Last of Us remaster and all that. It was yeah. them basically going like, well, some I mean, people are... Did Clank also just get a remake? Yeah, well, that one's almost a full remake. That's more oh, like yeah. a Wind That's Waker true, situation. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, with PS4, Sony was basically like, well, our games are going to take forever to come out, but we can give them something to hold them over. People have a PS4, will know about the reputation of these games if they didn't play them on PS3. The diehard fans may double dip. Those who don't will at least like speak the gospel to those who haven't played them, and we're going to get sales. So that's kind of, it seems like, what Nintendo's going to do with NX. Mm-hmm. It's the PS4 strategy. But, uh... Yeah, so with all that said, um, it implies a couple things. One, there's got to be a touchscreen for the NX controller, right? Like, how you put well, Splatoon? Splatoon maybe, but Mario Maker? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, even Zelda, they're talking about the touchscreen map. They're just going to sh- get rid of that if they bring Zelda to yeah, NX. I think go back to playing a 3D Zelda game without some sort of screen controller. Yeah, it's like... Convenient. And even just the inventory management, I mean... It's it's there is a rumor that NeoGaf guy, one of the three that reported on this port thing, was saying that he's heard that the gimmick of the NX, so to speak, is it's basically an enhanced Wii U gamepad. In that not only can you play on the controller on the gamepad or go play on your TV, but the gamepad will work anywhere there's an internet connection. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a remote play for Vita and PlayStation Four, but like done right, like native. So, if that's the case, then there will definitely be a touchscreen. But that could also possibly be why Splatoon and Mario Maker are not 100% official yet. Because if it's not an enhanced gamepad, if that part of the rumor is not true, and they can't figure out how to make the controls work, then that would be why they don't come out. Like, right now, it's just in development in terms of, like, they're figuring out how to migrate player data, according to the rumor, and figuring out all the nuts and bolts of it all. But if you can't get the thing to play correctly, then you're not going to release it. Hmm. But it definitely implies a touchscreen to me. Um, but I think what... How does what, that make you feel about having just like another generation with another gamepad, basically? I, I, I don't mean, mind it. Been, people have been clamoring for like a regular controller. I mean, I kind of have that, but... It's yeah, not I don't mind it, but if that's the case, it seems weird that Nintendo would basically be like, we heard your complaints about the gamepad. We get no one cares about so this feature. So here's a gamepad. Like, I don't... There definitely has to be some sort of touchscreen, which means there has to be some sort of gamepad-esque thing. But it seems like they kept saying the Wii, the NX would be so different from the Wii U, and like, 
like they're not all related, and it's like it just seems weird if they do that. I mean, would what would, what's your thought? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Do you think like a a third well, like a peripheral or something that you could like? Oh, if you want to play Wii games, you can buy this optional. No, but see that if they do that. I mean, granted, that worked fine for Smash Bros. With or it could game. just come with one. It's like, oh, here's the regular controller, but for games that require a screen, here it is. It's bundled in already, so everyone will have one, but it's not required for every game. The premier developers can pick whether they want to do a traditional game or... Yeah, that almost never works, though. Like, mm-hmm. then most developers will go towards whichever one's used. Well, no, that's not true, actually. Well, Connect was bundled with Xbox One, and we know how that turned out. Yeah, but that's a little different, though. It that's is. like full-body motion control. This is yeah. like, do you want to have a screen inventory or not? I guess that could work. That's such a high cost for Nintendo, oh, yeah, though, to put really two controllers. Good. Like, it doesn't... None of this makes sense. <laughs> like, okay, I get... Like, it's funny, because I only thought... Wait of, till June, and just, like... Wait till E3. Yeah. yeah, no, but it is funny, because I thought about all the software reasons, like, why... Or all the, like, biz, I guess more businessy reasons of why Splatoon and Mario Maker make sense on NX. Like, I just, you know, I just rattled through them for a while here. But now that you point out, yeah, the, the console be having the same controller does not make sense. So maybe we don't see Splatoon and Mario Maker ever come out, because maybe it is a different controller, maybe they don't retrofit nicely, who knows. I mean, it sounds like it's literally a 50-50 chance at this point. The only two that are for sure happening are Smash and Zelda. But but let's, for a minute, pretend Splatoon and Mario Maker are coming out. Okay. As the diehard, hardcore Nintendo fans who bought them day one, the guys who have been, you know, had the Wii U since day one. What is our take on the fact, or like, what's your take on the fact that Nintendo wants us to double dip, and it doesn't necessarily sound like much is changing? Like, is that kind? Of, does that dampen the Wii U hype for you, or the NX hype for you a little? Because it's like, great, the launch is a bunch of games I've played before. Um, somewhat. I mean, on one hand, it's like, oh, okay, I could keep going where I left off, but at the same time, it's like, well, you could do it on the Wii U. Yeah, like I. I don't know, I guess unless there's like a significant boost in presentation, there probably won't be that much, if anything, maybe just like a more consistent frame rate. Well, apparently, but, according to these same rumors from that NeoGAFR, the NX is more powerful than a PS4, but I can't see them doing a huge graphical overhaul for that'd be too, Mario too Maker cool. doesn't even, can't even, there's literally nothing yeah. they could change that would make it make more just sense make it more, Yeah, just, just improve the, the frame rate or just yeah. like the power, because I mean, sometimes like, there is a level called Bullet Time that just has like hundreds of cannonballs flying through right. the screen that slows it down because the kids can't process it that mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you play that level on the NX, it'll actually flow properly. Right. But, uh, but I don't know. It's just I weird because we've never had... Because I, such... I honestly can't see myself like buying Splatoon again or Mario Maker. Me like, like The only one I'd probably get again is Smash Brothers because we play that one so consistently with right. everybody. But... And that's probably... <laughs> I think Nintendo realizes that, which is why that's the only one that's as confirmed as a rumor can get. But Yeah, I mean, Splatoon, like, maybe if I was a little more active in it, but as of now, it's still just like a fun game to play once in a while. Yeah, it's just it's just weird because I'm like, okay leaving it on the Wii U like, like oh, right, this is like right. a game I could play whenever. But so, so let's like, say the lineup comes out and it's like, hey, we got the new Zelda, we got Smash Bros. remastered, you know, definitive edition, and here's Splatoon and here's Mario Maker and that's like the whole lineup. Like, doesn't that kind of? I feel like that. Well, that's the whole we, first party lineup. There actually may be more, but uh, we'll get to that in a sec. That'd but be fine. <laughs> I don't need more than two games or one. game. One game, really? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably just get the Zelda and the Smash Brothers. Like, I, don't, I mean. I, I guess maybe I'm overthinking it. I think that's another... I don't know exactly what goes through people's minds when like, they expect like a huge... When they want like a very, very big like launch lineup. Because I mean, yeah. I don't know how many people, maybe there are some, some people out there, that buy like every single game on the lineup. 
Most like, don't. you just need one game, like, that you're happy with, and that should be enough. Like, you don't need, like, the whole lineup to be good That's or true. relevant to you. That's true. I guess, I guess the thing with me is more like, when I mean, when GameCube came out, I was like, look at these things that show us graphical prowess. You got anything, Luigi's want... Mansion with crazy lighting. When Wii came out, I was like, look at the motion controller with Wii Sports. When Wii U came out, I was like, look at oh. Nintendo Land. When NX comes out, it's like, look at these things the Wii U does. Now, on this thing. <laughs> like it, it doesn't oh, okay. have. I, I see what that's you mean. what I mean. It's missing that. If the lineup's all things we've seen before, it's missing that appeal to mm. to us hardcore fans. For well, the casuals, I guess, I guess I would be just okay with it since I didn't even question it. Yeah, I guess so. But for like for the casuals, it makes sense because they're gonna hear, oh wow, there's all these great games on this system. No one cares about. Now I can get the new Zelda and all these games on this. Although that's true on Wii U too. They're gonna have to have something new. There must be. <laughs> I, there's no way this is all they're gonna do so I don't know but it, it's interesting because we've never had a launch with Nintendo where it's a bunch of games that came out two years ago now coming out again but we don't know that yet that's true I mean this it's is all rumors different. it's yeah. all rumors but the, the one sliver of hope for me at least is a second set of rumors from the same guy on NeoGAF were published like right before we started recording this like same day and um, he was saying that there are two more games, or one more game and some new IPs. So first of all, new IPs. They're apparently working on a lot, and someone, one of his sources quoted, was quoted as basically saying, there are way more games than you'd expect, like way more. So that's, that's good to know. But more interestingly, one of those way more games is supposedly Luigi's Mansion 3. Being developed by Next Level Games as they finish up Federation Force, they've been doing this one in tandem. Apparently they're big enough. Um, that could be cool. If that was NX only, that could be cool. But what I like, what would you need... And, like, your ideal Luigi's Mansion. Because I know that we both had kind of, eh, of things about uh, Dark Moon in retrospect. It was fun, but, I mean, it just wasn't what I wanted. I mean, I just wanted it, I thought, I just wanted um the same kind of structure from the original the original Luigi's Mansion, where it's just one really huge area, and mm-hmm. it's just open exploration. You just kind of figure it out bit by bit, instead of, like, segment to smaller sections. I mean, it worked for a portable. Like, I mean, it makes sense like for that kind of design. But I don't know. I I want something a little more like the first Luigi's Mansion. I agree. I agree. I think that would be a good showcase of whatever PS4 level power the NX could potentially, yeah. if the rumors are true, have. Because like the GameCube one looked great. Like the lighting effects were so good, and then they were kind of scaled back for yeah, 3DS. And, obviously, and for Luigi's Mansion, I mean, you don't need to have like a city-sized mansion. I mean, since you're in a small area, that they can make it look that much more prettier. I mean, yeah, that's very true. Usually, those games with like. Like, Super Mario 3D World, I guess, also had, like, because they had, um... looks so good because they... Yeah. yeah Basically, was... you're playing a diorama. Yeah. If you're playing a diorama, it works a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so that's... that's the, the takeaway here is, at least for this half of the rumors we're discussing, is there's a lot of unknowns about NX, but one thing that seems certain, besides the services thing I was saying before, is that Nintendo's not just, like, going, okay, let's hit the reset button on Wii U. They're, like... They're basically trying to go all in on one thing here. Like, they're taking the best of what worked on Wii U and literally bringing it over. They're doing the servicing full force, and they're doing new stuff on top of that. And on top of all that, the other half of the rumor equation is, of course, Zelda. And separately from all the stuff we've talked about, Emily Rogers also tweeted that, uh, one, the new Zelda is, in fact, coming to Wii U and NX, which we did talk about, but also that it's going to have some uh, changes, new things for the franchise, including... You'll be able to play as either a male or female version of Link. She didn't say Linkle, she just said male, fe- female Link, which I don't think they would do Linkle because that's the whole crossbow. She uses a crossbow, totally different mechanics. But that's one. And two is that everyone but Link will have voice acting. Hmm. I feel like these are good changes. <laughs> like, it feels like it's about time things like this happened. Um, 
the 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 gender thing. I mean, I understand why Nintendo wants to do it. I have no qualms with that. That's fine if they want to do it. But uh, the voice acting thing, I think, like indicates their bigger changes of foot. Even the gender thing, actually, because like character customization. Now that I think about it, outside of choosing your name, there never was any in Zelda. Yeah. And then the voice acting, all of that kind of suggests they're going for like a bigger, broader. And then the giant open world map that they've talked about millions of times, all that's kind of suggesting there's this bigger, broader shift happening with this Zelda, which is kind of exciting because it has gotten a little too familiar. They're they're sticking a little too closely to the Ocarina of Time template, I feel like. Skyward Sword tried, but I don't know if it did it in the right way or enough of a change. Like, it just, like, streamlined Ocarina somehow, but... Mm. I mean, I, you you watch them more than play, I guess, but... Yeah, the voice acting, I don't know, sometimes I actually forget that there isn't voice acting in yeah. the game. Like, I just like, wait, yeah, they talk, but it's like, oh, no, it's, it's kind of grunts and stuff, but... Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I personally like it, or at the same time, it, I don't know, I don't think I'd care either way. It's like, it's not big enough of a change to, like, really say whether it's going to be something I'll like or dislike. Right. What's interesting, though, is when you couple this with a quote Yuji Anuma, the producer of Zelda, said a few months ago, it starts to indicate that there's something crazy big going on. Because he said, end quote, he compared go- the new Zelda as, quote, going from Japanese food to Western-style food. And went on to say that, like, Ocarina oh, of Time used to... Red Dead Redemption. Possibly. No, or, like, Skyrim is probably the better analogy. But he was saying that Ocarina of Time structure used to be, like, the secret sauce for Zelda, but now they want to make, like, a new, like, template. Sauce. And this game... This new Zelda he's hoping will be just as transformative as Ocarina was way back when, going from uh-huh. 2D to 3D, which is huge, if that's true. Um, but yeah, the, the whole like the character customization, the voice acting, all that kind of points to the his horses that can't crush the trees. What the horses? That oh yeah, that can't, can't crush. Yeah, exactly. They trees will be crushable, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think all this is pointing, especially since he said Western style food. I think all this is pointing to um, a Skyrim-ish Zelda thing. Which, whatever it is, the fact that they're wanting to shake it up this much and that they're this confident that they're saying it's going to change the template forever and they're going to bring it to Wii U and NX, I think that's a good sign. It, it gives me hope. And I'm excited to learn a lot more at E3, which is when there's supposed to be a huge blowout for Zelda. And, of course, probably the NX as well. Hmm. So so that's all. That's it for NX. Basically, basically, it looks like there's a better bridge between the systems than Nintendo's ever had before. Like GameCube to Wii, yeah, they have backwards compatibility. And they had Zelda on both. But this one's like, literally, you'll be able to pick up Splatoon, in theory, on NX and play against someone on Wii U, potentially. Like, that's kind of... It's it's almost like an odd branch of the Wii U. That's others. cool. I mean, cross-play seems to be a little more commonplace. I mean, Street yeah. Fighter Five does that from PC to... Yeah, PC to PS... PS4. PS4. Yeah. And then what's to say... I don't know how true this is, or I don't know. I just heard something about, like, Xbox is going to be cross-compatible with PS4? Or yeah, Microsoft or Microsoft put out a thing at GDC, like, hey, we'd love to have cross-platform support for our games that are on both, like Rocket League and stuff. And Sony's like, yeah, we'll look into it, which means no. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, Xbox is the, in the battle of the real next-gen. Like, Nintendo's wait, Nintendo's not even in the equation anymore because of Wii U not doing well. But between, like, the next-gen consoles, PS4 is pretty much trampling all over Xbox. So... Xbox is doing whatever they can to get people back. So it's like, oh, hey, you have an Xbox while your friends at PS4, you can still play Rocket League together. And so he's like, mm, maybe. We'll get back to you. So that's all it is. Or you could just convert them to PS4. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, okay. which is almost like, yeah, it almost feels like now that we're talking about this, for some reason that made me think, like, with the NX Wii U thing, like, I started to say about an olive branch. It does almost feel like Nintendo's like, okay, Wii U owners, we know, we know you bought a system expecting a five, six-year life. You're getting four if you're lucky. We get that. So here... 
here's all the games you enjoy, but we're going to give it to a much bigger audience on NX, and then your word of mouth and your six, what you love about this game will get those people to buy that version, and then you guys can all play together, and it'll be great. That's almost kind of like the undertone of these rumors, if that's the case. But, but yeah, enough about NX. We'll, we'll get back to services with Mutomo later, but for now, enough about NX and, uh, and, and services, because there's something we haven't talked about in quite a while. There's been a distinct lack of Amiibo discussions lately, because they kind of subsided. Yeah, they the haven't interest. even announced like, when you could pre-order Corrin and Bayonetta. Yep, like this time a year ago, all we could talk about was Amiibo, and now here we are, and they haven't announced things. All we know is Kirby's coming in June, there's nothing really happening. Yeah, no new crazy Amiibo. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty stagnant, because like, the last thing they announced was Star Fox Guard's Amiibo support, which is like, it's if you scan in Fox or Falco... And then one of the robots gets to your like core of your level that you have to protect and hits it. It'll call in an airstrike oh. because he scanned your amiibo. That's it. So they have that. They have amiibo, um, mini Mario and friends amiibo challenge. They have little things, but it's very same old, same old. So Nintendo's trying to spruce things up a bit, as evident by what we're going to talk about in a minute. And uh, the first way to go do that is with you ready for this one? Dioramas. Hmm. Yeah, they are going to make accessories for accessories. Wow. Yeah, so for 8 bucks, roughly, you can get a diorama of Smash Bros. Battlefield or of Dreamland. Um, Dreamland in the, for, for the Kirby series Amiibo, Smash Bros. for the Smash Bros. series Amiibo, obviously. Uh, and what dioramas, about the Animal Crossing Amiibo? Nope. They just skipped the whole series. Well, everyone skipped their game, so <laughs> no one bought Amiibo Festival, so they don't get any. Or at least not yet. But this, I think this is a, like a pilot program. They're testing the waters. But the dioramas actually look really nice. Like, have you, I don't know if you've seen the photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for those who haven't, the Smash Bros. one, it's like, you have plat- there's platforms, and there's like a little Smash, bro- uh, Smash Ball like prop thing, and then for the Kirby one, there's props like maximum tomatoes and like doorways and light poles. and They're quite elaborate, for only eight bucks. And then in Japan, I think they're actually bundling some of the Kirby Amiibo for the Kirby series with the diorama. So you can get them together for like 16 or 20 or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they're kind of like, for me, they do nothing because I still haven't taken Maybe this will get me to take them out of the box. Yeah, Not get... gameplay functionality, a little $8 yeah, paper backdrop. It would actually like go nicely it would. with your setup. It would, so. it would. But I could see you getting them because you like taking photos of your stuff all the time. Yeah, but I remember to put it off the Amiibo already have a section. That's true. Well, they haven't even been announced for America, so it might be a while. But yeah. but we're thinking... Okay, yeah, it, but that doesn't stop anyone from getting them. That's true. That's true. You can play Asia or one of those sites or Amazon yeah. Japan, yeah. There you go. But I feel like the dioramas are almost like a Trojan horse because things get kind of interesting when you uh, see what Nintendo's been patenting lately. Uh, so Nintendo Inquirer, formerly the Amiibo Inquirer guys, they now expanded into that, found this patent, or someone found this patent, and they reported on it, that uh, these dioramas could almost be the gateway to like Amiibo 2.0. It's kind of elaborate what can happen. So this patent shows that um, Nintendo has created this new like disc puck-like device. It looks like the 3DS NFC reader, you know, the accessory you buy. But instead of being black plastic or whatever, it's actually see-through. It's glass or some sort of plastic, clear plastic. And inside it is a wide-angle lens and a mirror. And what those can do, according to the patent, is actually read the surroundings of this little puck. So, they give an example. You can have a placemat or, like, a piece of paper with a UI drawn on it. Either Nintendo print something up or, I guess, in theory, you could draw it if you're that good. Put it down. Put the puck next to it. And if you press things on the paper, like if you press a fake button, it will read it as an input in the puck and then do stuff in the game. Now, where this gets really interesting, because that's kind of like whatever, but where this gets interesting is it can also simultaneously detect multiple figurines, the characteristics of the figurines, including different patterns and colors, 
and you can have multiple people's hands doing multiple things with the figurines and with the like fake UI you buttons on the paper. You could play chess with an actual board in front of this puck you could play someone else that has You could play Amiibo Festival except without having to tap the gamepad every time because this thing could just read all the characters that are out on the table. Or that. Yeah, I like your chess idea. You could play real chess and then have it mirrored digitally behind you. But no, the, the, the point is, instead of just being like... Whoops, sorry, that's my computer thwacking. Instead of just being like a figurine you place on a thing and it reads it and you're done... You can have these elaborate things going on on the table and have them in tandem be doing something in the game that's related but not the same. But so it's like guess, the Lego and, and so, so it's going to be more of like a game-driven thing because yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, because I mean, so the NFC chips at this point would just be useless. I don't see that's where things get interesting. I don't know if this would replace scanning a C chip. You might have to still scan the. Well, yeah, because you want to save anything onto the Amiibo itself. Yeah, so you'd you scan, scan it. it somehow. But then once you scan it. It can use these mirrors and lenses and whatnot to like let you. It is really. I sound... guess that's how it registers the character. Like, oh, all right, it's kind of so it's gonna be looking for. I guess I yeah. I they haven't really gone too much into detail. What's interesting is like this same device they showed in the patent. Like you can have a like one of those like Gran Turismo style steering wheel controllers, and it will sense it just by seeing some sort of symbol on the back. But I don't know how it then communicates with it. But I guess it will flash colors, much like you can like trick the UI with touching things. But the point is these dioramas. If you just think about what Nintendo just put out in MAME Interactive in some way, you basically have this patent. Like, it really feels like they're somehow connected in some way. So maybe the dioramas are a test and people like them. They'll then roll this out as part of Amiibo 2.0 or something. Because, I don't know, we've talked about it before, but Amiibo's almost hitting a wall where, like, once you have, like, four different Kirby Amiibo, how many more Kirby Amiibo are you going to buy? They're going to run out of characters. Animal Crossing, in retrospect, has proven that no one cares about the C-tier characters. There's so many Animal Crossing Amiibo just sitting everywhere. So, one way to get people a double dip and to achieve uh, their President Kimishima's goal of getting people to actually use Amiibo as gameplay accessories and not just figurines is to reinvent Amiibo or to do something where, like, you want to upgrade because this game uses them in this crazy way, but your Amiibo don't work with it. You need new Amiibo that have the functionality built in or something. Like, this could be a way to upsell a second wave of Amiibo in the future, I feel like. Which is a super money-grabby sort of thing, but it does resolve their amiibo issue a little. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help with the people who are collecting Marth, because when else are they are going to make Marth merchandise? Because here's another Marth, but now he works on a placemat. But uh, it does at least push more towards their goal of getting people actually use them for games. Imagine, like, going forward, like, here's, like, something else that's, like, they're, like it's an amiibo, but there's no NFC chip in it. So it looks like they're cheaper. But... See, that'd be interesting, actually. They're a little I, smaller. They're almost like the Pokemon to, Rumble yeah. guys, except without the chips. And they're randomized. You don't know which one you're going to get. Oh, God, <laughs> if they did that. But no, that's actually kind of interesting. Blind like, box Amiibos. They could... This could... Maybe we're looking at this wrong. Maybe this isn't Amiibo 2.0. Maybe this is a companion thing for another example of the expe- extending the IP in some other way. Like, these could be like... Um, they might still call Amiibo something, but a they'd mini, be like a spin-off. I don't know. Yeah. A mini Oh, God. But no, but seriously, like, that's actually an interesting point. Like, it could... Nintendo wants to expand their IP in many different directions. Maybe they have some sort of, like, paper game thing that interacts with the NX, and this is what connects them. Like, who knows? They, at one point, had a Mario Party card game. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It's for the e-reader. This could be the new v- wave of that sort of thing. Like, anything's possible, I guess. But the it's interesting that they're still dabbling with physical things beyond just the NFC figurines. So, we will see. I mean, would you double dip if they came out with... I guess it'd have to depend on what they came out with. Uh, but. not at this point. <laughs> at this point, I could definitely say no. Amiibo, collecting Amiibo kind of, 
Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm tired out any chances of me wanting to collect a whole series of anything from Nintendo. Well, because they, like, they burn me out. it so yeah, bad. They, yeah, they, yeah they, they burn me out from wanting to collect anything. Like, there's a lot of really cool World of Nintendo toys. Like, they've been going full force at, like... Which like what toy they're coming out? They just came out with a really cool looking Toon Link. They're mm-hmm. coming out with like random obscure characters, like Toon Ganon had it as his toy. But yeah, like as much as I think they're cool, like I'm not even gonna bother with them. Yeah, like I kind of wanted some, and I definitely want some, but just can't get myself to buy them. Like, so I, if they I'm, came out with paper craft figurines that you scan that you like touch paper and it does things with this little puck, you probably I don't know. They, they they'd have to be like really unique, and even then, like. At most, I could only see myself getting, like, one from them just to, like, oh, okay, I'm happy just to have one of these. Kind of like the, like, I got Mega Yarn Yoshi because right. I didn't want to get all four. Right. Or I only got Toad because I didn't want to get the other ones. You only so, get the, so. the, out, the outliers, basically. Yeah, or yeah. the Bowser equipment. Like, if they came out with, like, a bunch of different series of Amiibo, I would probably just get the Bowser from each, and that's it. I mean, that's what I'm doing with the Kirby series. I'm only getting Waddle Dee because he's the only oh, yeah. Amiibo yeah, that doesn't cool. exist in another form. Yeah. 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 So, but, yeah. Yeah, because I think this is just one of two approaches Nintendo's going to take with Amiibo going forward. Like, one is they're going to reinvent it in some way, or do some sort of new physical sale item that goes in tandem. And the other, I think, is they're going to start really, um, really spreading the Amiibo cheer. I'm trying to think of a better way where it... Get more people in on the Amiibo thing in terms of making them. Because it turns out Shovel Knight was hugely successful, that, that Amiibo. Um... It yeah, it was. It did quite well. They made 200,000 of these things, of the Shovel Knight Amiibo, and managed to sell 180,000 of them already. Whoa. That's that's impressive for an indie game. Um, Yacht Club Games basically revealed all this in a big blog post that we linked to. There's all sorts of crazy stats, so if you guys are curious about it, listeners, um, go around we link to it directly in the blog post. Uh, but a quick little rundown is they actually have sold over a million copies of Shovel Knight already. 1.2 million, to be precise, which is, again, for an indie game, that's kind of crazy. Uh, about like of physical? No, just digital? total, total. Oh, total. Yeah, on every platform. But 200,000 of them were physical, which isn't bad because it came out so far after digital. Um, the 3DS version had 29% of all the sales. The Wii U version had 17% of all the sales. Together, they were the um, top two non-Steam versions. Uh, of the physical copies sold, the most copies ordered by retailers were for PS4, but then the Wii U version sold best. Because, I mean, Shovel Knight feels Nintendo-y. That's why the Amiibo made sense. Uh, and they actually, like I said, they have all the stats um, on their website. But the point is, of all this, is that the Shovel Knight Amiibo was a huge yeah. success. And they actually, it did so well, they actually produced 30,000 more of them after the initial wave to try and meet demand. And they, um, they uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, they produced 30,000 more, but what's interesting is they did not see a game sale uptick as much as they thought they would. They thought a lot of people would buy the toy and then go buy the or buy the figurine and then buy the game. But it turns out everyone that bought the figurine was buying because they already had the game. So they poured a ton of money and time into the DLC for it, which is or not the the pay, the plastic DLC, all the extra content. But uh it didn't really propel sales, it just helped sell the amiibo. Which isn't a bad thing, per se. They're actually going to put up a huge blog post explaining the exact process they went just through. Really but... good. This has never been clarified for me. Um, hmm. So the Amiibo unlocks the multiplayer in the console and some stuff on the 3DS, I right? believe so. Um, on the PS4, since they can't scan Amiibo, do they just... Oh, like... that context exclusive to Nintendo. Okay, alright. Yeah, everything's Nintendo only for that. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Hmm. But, but yeah, the, the, the reason I'm sharing all this is that this seems like a second avenue Nintendo to go, can go to boost Amiibo. Because one, 
you know, if people are already buying all the characters and don't need more, you can make things like the paper diorama or whatever. If that doesn't work, or if you don't want to do that, option B is just get other characters. They don't have no, to be Nintendo characters. My, I want a Commander video amiibo. That would be cool. Also, I think, I mean, the ship sailed on this one, but Rabbids a few years ago. If Ubisoft made Rabbids and Rayman amiibo, that would have probably been popular at one point. Yeah. Like, it's... There's potential there for a lot of these. So, it's the, I think between the two of those, Nintendo kind of has Amiibo's future potentially sorted out. You know what I was realizing when I was talking about Shovel Knight just now? A cool thing to use that, if the paper craft weird, you know, UI piece of paper becomes real, wouldn't it be interesting if there's like a physical Paper Mario, like you bought like a diorama and you had to like, like the, Something with how you engage a, with a the paper, game. A Paper Mario playset? You basically. And then, like, almost like how, like, with LEGO Dimensions, you have to, like, build the portal and move things around on the portal to do certain stuff. Like, almost if, like... <laughs> it comes with scissors and everything. Well, I, I don't know about scissors. They probably want you cutting it up. But if they made, like, Paper Craft, almost like the uh, Mario Luigi Paper Jam, Paper Craft you get oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. GameStop. Like, if they did that, but and they had, like, chips inside or whatever, and then you had to, like, stage things a certain way to make... And then, it, like, in the game, it, like, took you inside the staging you made. Almost like a Toy Story thing. Like, now it's alive. Like, that could be cool. Yeah. That could be really cool. I mean, it's a very hands-on thing. But it could be really cool and different, and since they seem to turn Paper Mario into a weird experimental series now, why not? Like, they have the patent. Make it happen. That I actually like the sound of that the more yeah, I think I mean, about the it. The best kind of collectibles are always the ones that, like, mimic the representation the best, like Paper Mario on paper. It's, yeah. It makes too much sense for it not to be a reality. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's what this patent's going to go towards. It would be like Amiibo Papercraft. Which almost made, um, like, I remember we got a few, like, last year or sometime last year, maybe two years ago, we got a little Sticker Star book. Right. That just had oh, a yeah, bunch right, of stickers, right. and that just felt really cool, because, like, oh, the game is all stickers, that you could literally, like, paste them down like they would in the game. That would be really cool is when NFC tech gets thin enough, that's basically paper thin for a chip, if they, like, did, like, stickers and papercraft. And, like, everything could be Amiibo, because they could usually call it Amiibo Papercraft and have a spin-off thing. Like, it's yeah. possible. It'd be neat. It'd be neat. It would be. But uh, no real transition here, but Runbo. <laughs> uh, so... Gonna run with that? Yeah, so, so far we've talked about, you know, Shovel Knight being a success for indie devs, or for the in- indie scene in general, and Runbo is probably the other good example, if not better example. I mean, well, one, this isn't an id care of its success, but it was your favorite game of the year for a Nintendo system last year, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. That's a plus. And now, here we are a few months uh, later, and this past Thursday, they released the first DLC for Rumbo, which is an interesting mix of paid and free stuff. Uh, on the free front, you can get a new character, Lilac from Free Implant, is free to download. On the pay side, kind of a mixed bag, at least in my opinion, of how they're handling it. But one, you can get um, a new adventure mode, which is uh, Satura Space Adventure, 49 new levels, new boss fights, new animations, new mechanics, new music. A lot of stuff in there. It looks really cool. Some of the levels look crazy. Oh, yeah. It actually looks pretty interesting. Yeah. You can check that out eventually. Yeah, and that's only uh, 7 bucks, which sounds reasonable for basically doubling your adventure mode. Like, that's not that crazy. Yeah. But then they also did uh, different packs of... They're, they're theming them, but they're basically costume and music packs. And depending on what you get, they're either 2 or 3 bucks. Not horrible, but the, the, the packs are like... You know, there's a professional pack where you're in like a nice suit. There's a costume for Val and Hal. There's uh, an animal pack where you look like animals. There's the steampunk pack, which actually looks kind of cool. And there's one more that I'm drawing the a blank on. The anime pack? No, the uh, winter pack. That's Oh, yeah, they have anime as well, don't they? Yeah. So they have more than where four. Where they're both just like Sailor Moonish and this like... Yeah, and then they have winter where they're just randomly wearing parkas. Yeah, they're the ice climbers. Yeah, essentially they're ice climbers, yeah. But all the, that's cool and all. 
and they come with new music and stuff. Like the winter one comes like a winter theme that will cycle into the randomization of the stages and music. That's fine, but I don't know. Is three do three dollars seems like a lot to me for two costumes and maybe a song. It does because there's already. It does feel like a lot. Because the game, because like the the game already gives you so many costumes that you almost feel content like to not need any. Yeah. Almost to the point where, by offering you more, it makes you feel like, oh, I feel like they should have just been there because there's so many like there's so many costumes that you're not even. No, they, they almost feel like like costumes kind of feel like throwaways. Like you're just like, like oh, what fun why can they kind of be? Yeah, and even if they're not, I mean, I'm trying. I forgot what the price. Runbo's a fifteen dollar game. I just looked it up. So, you get all those costumes and all the stages and everything for 15 and then for $3, you get two more in a song. It doesn't... Like, I understand why... The they, fifth of that game is Yeah, I understand why they're charging what they are in a way. Like, they're indie devs. They're a small team. They, You know, you gotta make money. And it's a good way to get money out of the people who love the game. And, you know, you, you deserve to. You put you made a great game. You're putting all the time and effort into DLC. But I feel like the ratio of money to content just isn't quite right. That's all. Like, nothing against the... Like, we, we've met the 13am guys. They're mm -hmm. nice. They're really fun to play Rumbo against. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just something about this kind of rubs me the wrong way. The yeah. costumes. I think the single-player expansion is really cool. Like, really cool looking. But the costume thing, I'm just like... At the end of the day, we're, we're, we're consumers. We can't... Yeah. We, we can't strictly look at these things and we're like, alright, I mean, three bucks. That's kind of fair for what they are. I mean, we're still... I mean, we're the ones that are paying at the end. Yeah, I think it, it would serve them a lot better if they put all the costumes in a single pack and charge five or six. Yeah, I mean... And they do have bundle deals. You yep. can get all the costumes and the single-player mode for $13. Which almost doesn't sound crazy, but then you realize the whole game's $15. And it's like, what if that's You're 10? getting way less. I mean, yeah, or you can honestly, go, sorry, what they should have done is like... I don't know how hard... Well, obviously, it is pretty hard. It'll probably take a long time, but... I feel like what kind of hurts this DLC overall for me is that they're not adding any extra levels for multiplayer. Like, yeah. just for the multiplayer rotation. I feel like that would have been much more valuable than, like, two costumes. Maybe even instead of the song, like, add, like, oh, add two more randoms. I mean, the tracks are small. They don't have to be that long. I mean, the, the stages are small. So just add, like, maybe two or three maps per little bundle. Yeah, like actually, that's... Like, actually increase the length of the game. Like, because, I mean, most of the people are going to be playing multiplayer. Like, yeah, that's his bread and butter, is multiplayer. Even though, um, I believe the single player can also be played in multiplayer. I mean, it can be, but it's not the same. It's co-op. Yeah, it's co-op. It's not um, a little challenge thing at the end. It's just like, all right, at least one of you has to make it. But Yep. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that's actually a really good idea. Maps. I'm surprised they didn't do more maps. Yeah. Now that you mention it, like, that's a really weird oversight. That's, like, the first thing I thought of when I heard, like, Rumble DLC, like, oh, cool, more... But no. More method of rotation. Because, I mean, we've played it enough times that I've played it at different people's houses that we, like, they're, they're cycling a little too much now. I mean, we did play, like, a ton. We played, like, for over an hour, so, like, we would have seen some recycling, but... Yeah, like we like we know math pretty well, and like even people that just started playing that day like have some pr have some math like memorized pretty well to the point where mm -hmm. like it's kind of like oh, it kind of kills yeah. some of the like randomization that's so crucial to yeah. how this game like cause, because it goes so by so fast exactly like, yeah. yeah yeah it just seems yeah it just seems like weird oversight but maybe there's more DLC coming I mean the game sold well if the DLC does well perhaps multiplayer maps are next on the agenda yeah. I mean it's the the video they did to announce all this was the Rumbo Rundown. Which was like their little Nintendo Direct about Rumble. It sounded like they're gonna do more of these, so hmm. potentially, potentially yes. But 
But yeah, the game is really fun. So, I mean, if nothing else, I would say get the single player, I'd imagine. I mean, are you, where are you go by? Because you have Rumble. You're just, well, I'm guessing, just single player? Single player. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. I mean, and if you want just the costumes and music, you can get them without single player for $8. Which almost <laughs> doesn't sound that crazy. Like, if it was $7, I would almost be, or $6, I'd almost be okay with it. But even even then, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. It's just one of those things where I don't like the idea that I'm missing some... Well, okay. Let me rephrase that. Like, I was going to say I don't like the idea of knowing that I'm missing some content, but I don't mean that I feel like I sh- it should be in there. I just mean the sense that more of a completionist point of view, like, like yeah. damn, there's something I don't have and I want to like, complete it, but I feel like the payable's a little too high for this one. But I don't know. But I guess it's just some... For once, this is something I guess I could live without. Right, right. Yeah. It'd just be nice just to, like, have them. Yeah, well, hopefully it does well enough so they do make additional DLC for multiplayer maps. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll probably learn one way or another how the sales are eventually. Uh, speaking of sales, how is that for a transition? Much better than the last one. Speaking of sales, March sales numbers are a thing. So um, now March is actually kind of... We're totally switching gears here, but March is actually kind of a significant month for Nintendo. It's the final month of their fiscal year. Which means it's the last chance they have to meet whatever goals they set or forecast for the year. So, uh, yeah, so March kind of matters. With that in mind, uh, MPD Group did put out the U.S. sales numbers for March. So we thought, you know, as we always do, take a look at how they did, Jason Sales Corner and all that. And I'd say that while there were some lows for Nintendo in March, there were also a significantly num- significantly um, significant amount of highs as well. So first... Uh, Prior worth pointing out that the industry overall was actually pretty flat year over year. So accessories rose 9%. So basically Toy to Life rose 9% year over year. Uh, so I guess the Amiibo bubble hasn't burst as much as one may think. Or somehow Skylanders or LEGO Dimensions is still chugging along. And Disney Infinity. But hardware sales were down because everyone must go buy the hardware. Not everyone, but more people have it than a year ago. So... Oh, yeah, it's going to go down yeah, every... Exactly. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, so hardware went down. Software, however, went up by 8% due to some big launches. Um, number one and number two were taken up by Ubisoft with The Division and last month's Far Cry Primal. But number three is where things start getting interesting for us on the software chart. So number three is Twilight Princess HD, which were a remake that was pretty much nothing more than a remastered HD-ified version of Twilight Princess with an Amiibo thrown in. Landing in number three is pretty good. I don't think... Wind Waker charted that high when it did its remake. Well, it did have a pretty shiny box. It did. It's very yeah, shiny. Every time I walk by it, I'm like, maybe I should grab it. it, grab it yeah, but... well, you know that box managed to get 309,000 people to buy it? Oh. <laughs> That's a weak number. Yeah, just because... But then I remember, like, uh, it's Twilight Princess. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Just, like, yeah. it's still, yeah, too similar. I could just... Right, right. Well, oh, yeah, it's kind of a... I'd rather just buy the Amiibo by itself. Yeah, and that's kind of the point I made when we talked about, what, uh, episode 120, two episodes ago, that is a lot, it is basically more of the same than Wind Waker was, but, uh, but yeah, 309,000 copies, physical copies, were supposedly sold in March, uh, that's a leaked number, not officially from Nintendo, uh, which, again, for a remake that's nothing more than a remaster on a system with a small user base like Wii U, that's, that's pretty great, actually, and that wasn't the only Wii U thing that did well. I mean, considering it's also, like, a remake of a game from last generation, I feel like, Oh, well, at least, like, obviously yeah. it beat out Wind Waker, but I feel like what helped Wind Waker overall for me was that since it was, like, a two-generation-ago game, like, it's been a lot longer since I last played it or yeah. even saw it. So I was, like, more thirsty for it. And... Right, which almost takes us back to the whole thing about um, 
about like is the what is it weird that NX might be getting like Splatoon and Mario Maker so soon? But yeah, yeah at least for us personally. But yeah, at least like in in a weird way, like for like for Smash Brothers, like if it gets a, a re well like an upscaling or whatever, mm-hmm. like for that one, it feels um it almost feels like I'm upgrading software like. <laughs> like like because I because I yeah. play Smash Brothers so like often that's just like like oh okay it's just time for um version twenty sixteen you fell into the trap the whole service thing that this whole episode is based on the idea of services what software updates service and it's, that's exactly that's what Nintendo wants you to think you are getting Smash Bros on NX because you are upgrading to the newest version of the service that is Super Smash yeah. Bros you are totally doing exactly and what they want I you to hope do. for better or worse You've they been address. Tricked. But they address the whole Bayonetta thing because like a lot of people are already starting to Banner. Yeah, uh, all of and all of Australia's competitive players want Banner. Yeah, and over here in the states, like most people don't want a Banner, but they still agree that she's like just a like okay. bad for the yeah bad for the community, which is a shame. I mean, no one wants that in the game, but I'm sure they'll fix it. Yeah. But yeah, the that's actually something how, when we talk but, about the service stuff. Something I didn't even think about is like we are you are gonna double dip for the games you care about. You will double dip because for you it's just the latest upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, like the hardcore Splatoon players, they will get an NX and get the new Splatoon because it's the latest upgrade. The Mario Maker folk, it's the latest upgrade. Also, They'll probably put. I don't want to. Ex- I don't have enough space to have the Wii U plugged in and the yep, whatever yep, that is. You're, so. you're fine. This is exactly what Nintendo wants. Although it only this took time us- around, assuming there's a physical and or digital release, I'm probably just gonna go with the digital because right. swapping Smash Brothers for Pokemon is kind of annoying or just in general like i definitely prefer now like a digital game for those kind of games it is funny that it took us just about an hour from when we first started talking about services for it to click with us that oh god we've been brainwashing we're gonna do it too <laughs> like like the games we actually care about we will make the upgrade and yeah. i think nintendo's banking on that we owners will upgrade they'll entice new people though yeah it's it's kind of funny how that yep. works and it shows that we've been brainwashed well because it took 54 minutes for us to realize it. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a total one-to-one change. No, I mean, there has to be something. I mean, I, I hope they actually, like, address some of the online. Like, I hope they actually make a ranking system. It's not even asking for much. I'm just asking yeah. for a ranking system. Oh, for Pokémon? No, no, yeah. Not for... Wait, what? No, no. Oh, for Smash? No, po- Pokémon's fine. You mean for, for, for a, a, a not-Sakurai-ified ranking system? Yeah, just take system. Pokémon, even though that one isn't perfect either, just take Pokémon and just put that in Smash Brothers. Right. It's like a best of both worlds. Like it's not too crushing, soul crushing for new players, and it's still there for new for competitive. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I wouldn't count on them going that. I far. know, but but you can dream. You can yeah. dream. But something has to change. Yeah, they got to do some sort of new feature. But then the Wii U folk will feel left out, and they can't do the one to one online. Well, then that would be their reason to right. But then how you like have it cross play? I guess you don't. Or no, that's you it. With the cross that's play. it. It would just be a. Uh, like, besides for glory, they would just have to have something mm, else. Sure. That makes sense. Just okay, yeah, that makes else. sense. Some NX-only mode. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay, call, it, just yeah. call it ranked. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We might we might crack the code on what they're doing for Smash Bros. But, but, but uh, yeah, that's for... We'll find out in June, I'm sure. It's for another day. But, but, yeah, so Twilight Princess was one... Going back to FPG, Twilight Princess was one success for Nintendo on for the Wii U in March. The other, though, was Pokémon Tournaments. We sort of uh, touched on it briefly. That actually landed in the number seven spot in the charts with really? a leaked total of 251,000 copies. And to be clear, that number is only physical copies. Same with Twilight. Those numbers I said, only physical. They don't include eShop sales because that's Nintendo's own tracking, and they're not the ones leaking their numbers. So, uh, But what's impressive about Pokin is, one, if it was if the 
top 10 was by individual SKU, not by game. So, you know, if they didn't lump together multi-platform releases, total sales, it would actually be number four directly behind Twilight Princess. So they had a really good month poking. And that's off, you know, that's off two weeks of sales maybe. And number two, perhaps even crazier, it is selling at a much faster rate than established fighting franchise Street Fighter V. Or Street Fighter's fifth entry, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, to date, according to leaks, Street Fighter V has sold here in the States 268,000 copies since it came out in February. Pokin, in about two weeks' time, is at, uh, it's 17,000 less, basically. 251,000 copies. Mm -hmm. So there's a 17,000 copy gap, and it took Pokin only two weeks to get there. No, yeah, but I mean, Street Fighter, they... They kind of shot themselves in the foot yeah. a little in the beginning. Like everyone knows by this point that that game wasn't supposed to come out till like July, right? Because I mean that's when they're bringing out everything else. But because they wanted, I guess, they wanted players to be like ready for Evo or those like their Capcom tour pro tour. Yeah, they had to release it like incomplete. And I mean, by the time it comes, by the time July rolled around, and they already have um those six characters they plan to come out and their story mode and the other thing that they've added recently in the last patch. Um, I mean, that game has a lot, it's going to have a lot of content, even, like, now, like, it already has the trauma that Elvis wanted, it has another character, I don't know. Right, right. It, yeah, it, I'm it, not it, It's to... slowly going to be, like, well worth the money, something that I'm kind of sad to so far see that Pokin isn't going to do. Yeah. I mean, like, it... I, I feel like by next year, like, if they don't add more characters or do something, I mean, yeah, it's just going to die it's unless um oh they did patch it recently they got rid of this mewtwo thing and yeah the shot made Retro Ram less annoying but right yeah. it's interesting with street fighter because like they basically did the splatoon strategy but botched it somehow yeah i guess by making it um not free yeah that's probably it but uh but yeah i think i think ultimately street fighter do, will do fine yeah and i wasn't trying to like pin against each other just crazy to think that one of the most established fighting franchises is getting um. shown up by newcomer pokin even if it's due the you guys do a Capcom's own folly, yeah. but but it's but it's Pokemon. I mean, Pokemon, like just the core concept is like such a that's true wide net thing about like I can see so many people just like wanting that game. And it does have a, it does have buzz on its side. Like Pokemon yeah. was uh, YouTube releases its list apparently every month now for uh, top trending video games on YouTube. Pokemon was number six on the list. Again, for comparison, Street Fighter's not even on the list. It didn't make the top ten, but but like Pokin, the point I'm making is Pokin does actually have like an like a bit of a groundswell of support. Like people are watching a lot of videos of it and stuff, and I think it demonstrates a, kind of a couple of things besides the fact that Pokemon fans finally get to see Pikachu punch someone in the face. Um, I think it demonstrates one that there's still major like blockbuster release potential on Wii U. Like Wii U fans are hungry for some sort of meaty experience and Pokin delivers that and maybe Star Fox to some extent will deliver that. Not super meaty, but more than just like a random eShop game. Yeah. And secondly, I think it exemplifies kind of the game of services idea. Not for the reason you would think. Because as you point out, Pokin doesn't do anything. It kind of just it's out. It has some bug fixes. There's no DLC. It's done. But Pokin shows that the audience that was cultivated by Smash Bros., by Mario Kart, by Splatoon, this online multiplayer audience, will buy stuff, and will buy it in droves, and presumably... Well, I mean, droves might be a strong word. It's only 250,000 copies. But these people exist, and Nintendo's idea of trying to migrate these people to a new system might work simply because, here you go, some random one-off Pokemon spin-off 
is it will get a lot of traction and buzz on YouTube and all sorts of stuff in the same way that Splatoon can, that Mario Maker can, that Smash can, that Kart can. And if that can do it, what's stopping any of their plans for making anything this continual service where they migrate everyone to NX? Like, this... Yeah, kind of just um, solidifies their theory. I mean, a if the game continues to do this well, I'm pretty sure like we won't see an upgraded version, but just the beefier sequel on the end. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, because they don't need to rush it out. They yeah. yeah, they have enough. Like, but but yeah, this crowd that clearly exists because they're buying Pokemon is exactly what Nintendo wants on NX and on mobile, and why their games and services thing is happening. Like, it's right here. So that's good for Nintendo. It's good news indeed. But. Not all software went well for Nintendo. Uh, on the 3DS side of things, it's a pretty bad month in March. Uh, so Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, which I honestly think is kind of has some cool stuff, some more interesting stuff than any of the other Mario and Sonics. Like the fact that you could close the system and do like stuff with the pedometer and having it in your pocket and then that affects the game. That's kind of cool. Unfortunately, no one else agreed because it only sold 25,000 copies in March. Granted, Oops. I didn't buy one either, so maybe I'm part of the problem. Uh, although I would, I'd imagine it will do better when the Olympics happen in August or whenever. Like, I assume the marketing is being saved for them primarily. Yeah. But the one game that was marketed hev- more heavily is Hero Warriors Legends. That, according to leaked numbers, sold about 72,000. Which is okay, I guess. Like, they put a fair amount of marketing into that. So it seems I mean, it's like a it's a niche game, though. It is. But it is Zelda. To, but... It's Zelda, but it's a niche game, like you said. And it's a remake of a game that's only two years old. It's like an inferior. It's an inferior version. Yeah. It got mixed reviews, so I could see. So I guess seventy two thousand is in some way. I think a it win. should have been the other way around. The legend should have come out first, and, and then, then the they Wii move U. it to Wii U. Yeah, yeah, but so while Wii U was basically on the up and up with its, you know, charting two of its biggest releases. Three DS was kind of not, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, and almost interestingly enough, in the same way that Pokin is kind of like a sign that maybe Nintendo's doing something right with you know making games for this online community that will migrate to NX. Hyrule Warriors Legends is almost a warning sign of some, what can go wrong if they release remakes too close to the original. Yeah. But the difference is Hyrule Warriors Legends doesn't have an online component or much of an online community, and I think that is the crux of what Nintendo's trying to do with the game of service thing. They're trying to build this thing where they supply you with stuff and the community around it supplies each other with interest in the game, essentially. And then that all can migrate together. So you have Pokin doing that correctly. You have the online community, and you have... Well, not well. It's two, they don't have DLC, really. So you have the online community for Pokin, and then you have Higher Warriors Legends, where they'll have the service in the form of DLC, but they don't have the online community to go with it. So it's really the one-two combo of the online community and Nintendo's own efforts that are going to be what make these things succeed as services. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's kind of interesting how, like, even these games that have nothing to do with the service concept still you know, help figure out how it can best work. Uh, on the hardware side, though, we actually don't know as much as we do about software. Um, leaks suggest that the Wii U sales in March were down 20% compared to last year, so about 66,000 units. Um, well, compared to, say, PS4, which sold over 300,000 in March, obviously that's not good. But I think it's clear at this point that Nintendo's just trying to keep the fans that already have the system to buy games until NX comes out. And it's working, as we saw, two games charted. Uh, 3DS didn't have the luxury of um, of having fans that will buy games, apparently. <laughs> There's nothing... I don't know if it's lacking luxury of big games that are worth buying, or just no one's buying them. But either way, the 3DS, um, we don't have any idea how it did, hardware-wise. But MPD said that handhelds, so it and the Vita, had the uh, biggest dollar sales value drop of any hardware year-over-year. Mm. So, ex- current consoles, next-gen consoles 
accessories, doesn't matter. The portables were where things tanked. So not a good sign for Nintendo. Um, the real interesting numbers will come out with Nintendo's financial briefing and report for the end of fiscal year, which we will be covering next episode. comes out a few days before we record. So that's going to show us the past 12 months. And more interestingly, gives a hint of what Nintendo expects to happen over the next 12 months. And I assume if they don't expect really any sales of 3DS or Wii U in the next 12 months, if the forecasts they give out are low, probably conf- indirect confirmation that NX is coming this year. Yeah. Unless they just outright say it. These briefings are also where they reveal stuff like that. So, you'll probably want to tune in next episode, everyone listening, because it's going to, Nintendo's going to do some big, make some big moves, apparently. In the meantime, though, we still have other stuff to talk about this episode. Uh, before we get to Mitomo and Mars uh, Super Sluggers, though, there's one bit of news that kind of broke in the last day or two that we wanted to touch on. And that is a report that there is a, pot- a potential Pokemon movie in the works. And it's going to be live action mixed with CG. I don't know how I feel about that. So the background real quick. The report comes from Hollywood Reporter. They are a legitimate... They're the one most legitimate source you can get when it comes to Hollywood trade news. The report is in uh, that Warner Brothers, Legendary Pictures, and Sony are all kind of fighting to get the rights to do a Pokemon live action movie. The report's interesting because Hollywood Reporter, as far as they're concerned, is like, you know what's weird about this? Warner Brothers most likely got the rights, but Legendary's trying to fight it. Pokemon's a Japanese franchise. Legendary's owned by a Chinese investment firm. Has there ever been a time when a major Japanese, fran- like a mega Japanese cultural influence is controlled by their rivals, the Chinese? That's weird. Like, that's the whole article. They don't say anything about what the actual movie will entail or anything, just that's happening. And it's live action mixed with CG. From our perspective, it's like, okay, they can do their international relations, whatever. Why is there a CG live-action Pokemon movie? How is that going to work? How bad is it going to be? Is yeah. it going to be gritty? Like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's safe to assume it's for everybody? Like, or is it just for kids? I mean, I don't even know I, why. It has, if it's live-action mixed with CG, I can only imagine it's for everybody. They're going to try and give it the Transformers route or the... I feel like... I think it's going to be like the Pokemon I feel like just Super Bowl like, app. like live-action Pokemon in general is just a bad idea. Like, I just don't see it working. Or well, the CG's good enough that it could. Is it? Yeah. If it's like the Pokemon commercial, I feel like... No, 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 no. I mean, like, if they did, like... If they did Jungle Book level CG, and but I know what you're going to say, so before you say it, Jungle Book CG is weird, because there apparently is such a thing as the Uncanny Valley, but for animals, which I did. Like, you know the Uncanny Valley yeah, for yeah. humans? Uh, yeah, apparently there is such a thing for animals, because in certain situations, the animals look really fake, and certain they're a little better. But if the creatures don't exist to begin with, you can't really have an Uncanny Valley. Uh, I, I guess, I guess my, you kind of can. I, I guess my issue more is um, with what the the subject matter that's going to be turned into live action. Uh, I mean, if it's like... we ha- They kind of went... Um, Pokémon tried to go for more realistic Pokémon. Yeah. And even they were like, alright, we don't even know what these Pokémon like are really made of. So we just, they had to like consult Nintendo or, I mean, Pokémon Company. And like before Pokémon, I always thought Weavile was like red headdress thing was I don't know like a furry feathery thing but, sure. but yeah. according to Pokken it's like a rubbery glossy looking thing I did notice that but, Lucario's fur in Pokemon was, was very like matted down and like that seems it sounds like it's pressed down like it's like yeah. someone dry cleaned him and then, cl- <laughs> it's and then cl- weird and then uh, Cresselia looks like I mean not Cresselia um, Gardevoir looks like she's like living celery um, <laughs> but I mean my, my point is, is that like this game was still grounded in like the cartoony reality yeah. Um. They like the Pokemon. Like they, they're still like on model. Like they don't. They didn't redesign them to look more realistic. They just gave them like realistic materials and skin. 
or I guess I guess they're that for a better term. But for this one, I mean, for a live action Pokemon movie, I feel like if you made Pikachu still look like Pikachu, and it's in a live action, it's just gonna take me out of the movie way too much. And then, then but on the other hand, it's like, all right, let's. What would Pikachu look like if he existed? Yeah, and then it's gonna look be wrong so too. different. It's like, I guess kind of like Transformers, where like some people just didn't really like the more redesigned stuff. They want simplicity. Yeah. But I mean, it made sense for that universe. I mean, it would make sense for Pikachu not to look like Pikachu, but. It's weird, or though. Or Pikachu looks like that creepy Pikachu from the Pokemon See, commercial. See, I didn't find him creepy in the Pokemon commercial. In the Super Bowl ad, I didn't think he was creepy at all. No. I mean, his he, he looked a little, like, possessed. But he wasn't creepy. Like, nothing about him struck me as creepy. Oh. Like, if they did that, I'd be okay with that. Like, I'm looking as you're talking. I guess I would not. I don't know. I just thought that Pikachu looked too fake. I think I'm too... Well, you're, you're, yeah. you want, you do animation, so... Well, no, it's not that, even, not even just the movement, just, like... No, I think that just jumps out at you more, because you you're more aware of these things. Because, like, could give you an example of what I was thinking. is As you were talking just now, I was looking over your shoulder, and you have two figurines of the live-action Ninja Turtle movie directly behind you right now. Uh-huh. Those guys, in the figurine form, actually look great. But when I see the trailers for Out of the Shadows that are currently running on TV and whatnot, they look weird. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> I'd rather have the cartoony turtles that just happen to be in a real world. Almost more like the... 90s movies where they're suits and they're clearly suits but they're still in a real world like yeah. I'm okay with Pikachu looking like how he did in the Super Bowl ad and running alongside a guy dressed as Ash my real question is why don't they just do a full CG movie Wreck-It Ralph uh, Good Dinosaur or Wreck-It Ralph Big Hero 6 style I think that'd be a lot better like is that one you can play with the art style like Wreck-It the reason I decided Wreck-It Ralph initially was they combined so many different video games with so many different art styles it had a Halo knockoff thing standing next to Cuber and no one went well that's weird like, if they just did that with Pokemon, it'd be fine. Just make some human-y guys that are kind of anime-inspired, maybe, like in Big Hero 6, and then stuff them into a world of Pokemon and call it a day. Warner Brothers had an animation department. They can do it. Or Legendary can hire someone. They don't have an animation department. But, like, that seems much safer than doing this weird live-action CG hybrid. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess... I just Which don't... I think is what you were almost angling to, because you're like, there's no easy way to win it. Like, no matter yeah. what they do, you're going to feel weird about it. So if they go to the CG well, yeah, route, that's it. Like, it's either going to look too fake yeah. because of the the one-to-oneness with their original models, or it's going to look so realistic, or Pikachu's going to look so weird that it's yeah. like, that's not even Pikachu at that point. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, I don't know. Like, why, why do we even care that much? But Well, because we're fans of the franchise, and we're going to feel like it's like some weird bastardization <laughs> if it doesn't feel right. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. yeah, it's just like... Yeah, I don't... It, if they go the live-action route, I'd rather do it like... The Super Bowl ad. But I'd much rather do CG more than anything else, yeah. I mean, I guess I'd have to pick one. I guess I'd go with the Super Bowl ad thing, but... Yeah, because, like, again, I'm looking at your intros I mean, again, and it's just like, they're weird. Well, yeah, they are. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, they're very weird. I mean, those figurines look great, but they're weird. Yeah, I, I wish they had just done something with, like, the costumes. Yeah. I thought the costumes looked great. Like, even for the time, or even for today, like, they still look good. I thought they held up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they do. It's Jim I mean, Henson. They held, they hold up. They're that, Jim Henson. I mean, th- that's why. Like, I mean, I, we could still be surprised. That's the thing about like, uh, that's what I like so much about the Ninja Turtle costume from the '90s movies is right. that I never really thought about like how would Ninja Turtle look like in real life. Like, they would look too creepy or weird. But I mean, they literally took like the original designs of the cartoon turtles and just made them realistic. They just yeah. They didn't really alter them too much. They just made it work. And, and that's and, how and Pokemon the, should be. And the results were good. That's a Pokemon. I mean, be. it could work with Pokemon. We just haven't seen that yet. Oh, we missed the obvious. You know those Pikachu costumes that are memes on the internet now? Like all the dancing Pikachus at Pikachu Day in Japan and like the ones that are like walking around New York on Pokemon's 20th anniversary. So just have 
a guy in a Pikachu costume standing next to, like, Benedict Cumberbatch and make a movie. Done. Right? Easy. Why Benedict Cumberbatch? I don't know. It's his first name popped in my head. No. But, uh, fine, would you prefer, yeah, like... Battlefield Counter-Strike? Oh, there's a bunch of names that people are giving Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. He, he, his name's really fun <laughs> to say. That's part of why I said it. But, uh, but no, like, I don't know. It, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with like, Pokemon Butterscotch movie. Butterscotch Cuttlefish? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Pokemon movie. I feel like doing these, giving these rights to Warner Brothers or Legendary or whoever would have made more sense about three years ago, and then they could have released it for the twentieth anniversary. But I guess maybe this is what they're doing for the twenty fifth now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But should have been animated. But that's not the only adaptation of late that has come up with us. Because Pokemon, we talked about this before we recorded like days ago, and we were both like, "What is this madness?" And then separately, for those who listen regularly, two weeks ago. Angel mentioned, you mentioned that you're super excited about the Ace Attorney anime that's on Crunchyroll. It was launching the day our podcast went up. Now, two weeks later, I assume you've watched it. Yeah. How, it, does episodes. it live up to your hopes? Of your, was it what you wanted it to be? The I animation guess, I, looks I guess yes and no. Worse. Um, I mean, story-wise, like, I mean, it's like a one-to-one, like, beat-for-beat recreation of the game, of the first game so far. Right. And it does everything right. Like, as far as that goes, like, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. But, I mean, also, um, like, translations, um, I don't know if we're, like, um, I'm, I guess on the, they're using the Japanese themes for everything, so it's kind of weird going, like, wait, who's Naru Hodo? Oh, that's Phoenix? Oh. That's fine, because remember I asked you <laughs> last episode, I was like, do you think they're, because you said they're just, uh, subbing it, I'm like, so, are the names changed? And you're like, probably. Yeah, it was, like, direct... How'd they not change the name? Well, it's, weird. it's, like, for the first episode, it was, like, direct subbing, so it was kind of weird, like, like, oh, like, alright, so I guess, in my head, I just had to remind myself, like, alright, well, he's the gumshoe not whatever they're calling him yeah. or that's Edward I right. mean like cause you as it turns appeal a lot of it was um just like the puns or like the crazy names cause I mean the localization team just did such it's a good job with that excellent writing so you're it's one of the best in the industry so you're actually losing a lot by not like by doing a direct translation but the second episode um I guess they fixed that because then they started calling Phoenix Phoenix even though when that's even weirder like <laughs> stick to with, stick to your choice Crunchyroll like what are you doing I guess they realize that like oh well, a, it's a pretty established franchise. So it's if they be... did that, why did they go back and fix the first one? I don't one? know. Yeah. None, none of this makes sense. We should well, send Phoenix Wright to investigate this because none of it makes well, sense. Point is, um, it's pretty good overall. But the yeah, the animation quality, especially after having seen um, there were like two anime that I was keeping up with like in the past year that ended already, like Food Wars and One Punch Man is another good one. Uh-huh. But like the quality of their animation or just like the artwork was just really good, like almost like. When you look at them, you're like, yep, like this is a, this was made in 2016. Like it feels modern. It feels like, right. like the, the money was there. I guess. Right, right. But this animates like um, season one of Pokemon, like, Ooh, like yeah, I know. It's, it's almost like they they try to move the characters as least as possible, and when they do, they just like. They try to skip as many frames as possible. Right. So, that must bug you in particular because so you're kind of, very aware of animation. Yeah, I guess like the more I've been studying animation, the the more like these things are just like, like oh god, like that run cycle. But Or even just like um like at the end of the second one, like Maya starts laughing and instead of like, I guess, animating a laugh, they just moved, they just like shifted her body like back a few, back a few frames. I mean, back a few pixels and then forward just like. Like someone like so she laughed her. by her body vibrating back and forth. Yeah, she basically, was like, and it just it, it actually took me out of my like that's, that's just so weird. That's weird. Well, it's like I remember Pokemon season one. They used to where when people laughed, they'd have the mouth be wide open and just kind of move the jawline a little, up and, oh. down. and you'd be like ha 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 ha, like with the little like on speed racer like yeah. style. I mean, yeah. it's like it's watchable. It's not like 
horrible, but it's also not like after you get spoiled or you guys you just expect. I don't know for it to be up to par with everything else, but I mean it, I forgot what the name of the studio was that animates it, but I know they're also working on some other things that are also really well animated. So it's kind of like well I guess that's where all the time isn't going. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, so, maybe depending on how it goes, maybe the budget will increase for season two. So here's a weird question. Why watch the show if it's beat for beat the same as the better written game that's basically an interactive novel to begin with, so it's not like you really need to do much in it? Because... I, I mean, it's, I guess it's more passive of experience to watch, but... um. You get a few things that you actually don't get in the game. You get, um, like, the dramatic scenes are much more dramatic. Because, mm. I mean, you have, um, you have more angles to work with. Like, in the game, like, you, you have to use your imagination a lot for, like, like, oh, Phoenix throws a punch instead of just it being, like, a flash, like, the screen flashing, and then you see Phoenix character, like, little, little pixels, right? right? Like, right. shaking a little. Like, then you actually get to see, like, all these interactions. Like, oh, you I didn't see, think of that. Okay. The, like, character interactions are, like, way more profound. So, it's, like... Right. So, like, when, like, Phoenix was, like, talking to Maya in the prison, like, it actually felt sadder. It's, like, oh, wow, like, you definitely couldn't get that in the game. Right. Okay, that's fair. So, like... Yeah. And also, just, um... It's just nice watching it. Like, it's nice to experience something, again, in a different medium. Right. Like, I mean, I played the game. I read, like, the manga. And I was, like, oh, okay, now I want to watch it. Right. And right. it also beats, um, replaying the game because it's, like... It's a lot faster. That's true. That's true. Okay, those are fair reasons. So, yeah. yeah. And since we're talking about what you're watching, we I guess we could just transition right to what we're playing, which is... Well, for me, I have a lot to say about Mitomo, and I know you all talk super sluggers. Um, should I just do my Mitomo whatever, and you could chime in if you have any disagreements or agreements or something? I have, sure. many, I have many a thought. Kind of looping it back into the whole services thing again. Because I'm telling you, the episode's theme, more than ever, guys, this episode's theme is services. I don't think yeah. we've ever had such a consistent thing. I don't think I have much to say besides, like, it's pretty much what I expected. It's, it's bare just, bones. It's, yeah. It's fun to check out once in a while, which is cool. I like the fact that every yeah. once in a while I do feel like just checking it out. And I only read, like, a few comments and then I leave it and then that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's great in small bursts, but then the problem is they don't have the thing that drives you to do more than those. Like, there's not enough to keep you... You definitely do say, like, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah. So that's, so, I mean, for a first attempt, to be fair, for a first attempt, I do like what Nintendo did with this thing. Like, it is, a like, they came up with an idea, essentially, of making social networking into a game, and then they Nintendo-fied it to, like, an extreme, and it works. Like, it is fun to poke in. Like you said, it's fun to, like, jump in for a few minutes and mess with. And when you first start using it, you don't really notice the flaws. Cause you're like, oh, I'm just answering some questions. Oh, I'm picking out new clothes. Mitomo dropped. Great, I'm done. Which is why, like, the first couple days that we had it, we talked about it last episode in the context that we've had for 36 hours. Here's what we think. Now, two weeks later, it's I feel like it's a very different perspective on it. More so than, like, most games, the more you get into it, the clear like, it doesn't do a 180-degree shift. And this doesn't quite, but there are many things that jump out at me as, like, these are missed opportunities or mistakes or that sort of thing. Um, like what? Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I, should, I first want to talk about what it does well. What does it do well? Oh, well, thank you for prompting me as if I didn't, like, already start going down the, the, the sentence. Uh, <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is, like, I think the personality of the game is really good. Like, I think the fact that it mixes, like, somewhat normal questions with some really zany ones. It has clothing that's somewhat normal and then the really zany stuff. Like, it's very Nintendo in that way. And it's entertaining because of that. Like, what they... It feels right. Right off the bat, it all feels right. And then only as you dig deeper does it 
perhaps not feel quite as right. But Nintendo also nailed, one thing I need to give them credit for, is they nailed the way that Mitomo can spread and how to make it viral. Like, for Nintendo fans, the right integration, um, or the, yeah, having that right, right away integration with uh, my Nintendo is pretty crucial, and it worked because it motivates you to check regularly, and you constantly are going to be like, well, I get more coins if I heart five things, so let me read at least five. Or I need to answer three questions, I'll get me more coins for my Nintendo. So that all helps those diehard Nintendo fans actually want to use the app and engage with it. And then separately, me photo mode, which is literally a meme-making mode. Oh, those pictures. Yeah, that helped it go really viral really fast because the first week it was trending for a long time on Twitter because a lot of silly pictures were coming out of it, a lot of memes, a lot of really clever stuff. And it's a good way to like spread the word out to your larger social network who may not care about Nintendo but still want you know be like, oh, yeah, I had a Wii. I'll check this out. So that from a marketing perspective, doing that was a great way to get the casuals. And then on top of that, when you you know have it just being marketed as like the first app from Nintendo, which is the phrase they kept using, and you put that in the main banner on like the Google Play Store and Apple's App Store, yes, of course it's going to be number one on both for like a week straight. And that was that was great. According to SurveyMonkey, who did some data crunching based on whatever day analysis they do, they they uh, claim that four million copies of Mitomo have been downloaded. That's a lot in, like, three weeks. And of those $4 million, Nintendo's making $280,000 per week off in-app purchases, which is, I mean, we're, it's not huge. It's not, there's many mobile games, Clash of Clans, that do way bigger. But 280000 is free money that they're just getting, essentially. Yeah. So, so all that's great. Like, they nailed the very basics. The marketing behind it was perfect for that first week. The problem, however is that once you get over that initial idea of answering questions and get tired of making me photos, which everyone seems to have done, there's really not much to do, which is kind of what you were saying. Like, you, you're just like, oh, that's it, after a few minutes. And to Nintendo's credit, they were smart enough to at least have daily clothing cycle changes in the shop for your check. And they did have the My Nintendo Awards. It was like a daily motivator to at least open it. Or the game drop it, or whatever. Or the game drop. They did do stuff. But if you don't care about constantly changing your your Mii's clothes, if you don't care about my Nintendo, because you're just a casual fan who's like, I like occasional Nintendo games, what is there to do? There's really nothing to do. And because of that, as quickly as Mitomo rose up the sales charts, or the, the, the download charts, it then plummeted back. So it went from number one for a week straight on the App Store to, I checked right before we recorded, number 129. It dropped by over 100 in, like... Four days. Well. Yeah. It just bottomed out, basically. And I think that's because the social media buzz is basically gone. Because you don't see me photos nearly as much as you did. People aren't talking about the app anymore. And most importantly, the friends you have on there are using it less actively. And that means you, by default, are going to use it less actively. Because the whole thing is built around your friends. If you don't have friends on there, there's literally nothing to do. So I've noticed like that little red dot where it's like, oh, you have new updates when you open the app. It's like four things now instead of like triple that, which isn't a huge loss, but you know, it's a little. And honestly, I think you can blame that problem, the the drop-off rate completely on Nintendo. Because what happened, in my opinion, is they just kind of threw it out there and said, well, let's take the Splatoon approach. And I don't know why... Maybe it's because they needed to get this thing out by the end of the fiscal year to keep investors happy. They told them it would be out in the 2015 fiscal year. They got it out on the last possible day of the 2015 fiscal year, but they did. 
So props them for that, I guess. But then they sort of splatooned it where they're like, we'll launch it as is and we can add more later. Like we talked last episode, Bill Trennan was saying like, oh yeah, we're going to add new questions. We're going to add new features down the road. But I think unlike Splatoon, the issue is mobile app users are way more fickle. Like some stat came out recently that I saw that it was something like the average number of apps that person actively uses on their cell phone is only three to five. You could have hundreds of apps, but you only frequently are using three to five apps. And Mutomo could have been one of those, but like Nintendo could have broached that like wall into that three to five mecca, but they didn't because they took too long updating things. I think that's the problem. Like it's not even the big things either. Like would it have helped if there were three Mutomo drop games instead of one? Probably. Would um would it be nice if they rolled out a second or third Mitomo game or me uh, Mitomo drop game by now at least? Yes, but I think even the little itty bitty things are actually what's hurting it, which sounds kind of weird to think about. But like the fact that Mitomo drop only cycles out prizes every two to three weeks. That's a long time. Mo- yes, that's a very long time. In fact, what's weird is so the breakfast food. I had my awesome pancake shirt, dress, whatever it was, suit. That was great. But then they were still there for a week. Those were two weeks that they lasted. I just, I'm now a tree. I'm a ninja tree in disguise. Those tree costumes are there to win until like May something, third or eighth or something. That's even longer than the breakfast one. There's no reason a mobile app where you want people to engage all the time and use it as a service and all that. There's no reason that it should not be updating like every 48, 72 hours with new stuff. Like, Four weeks, three weeks. If they can come up with suits that fast, I guess. But <laughs> but like Splatoon, that makes sense because it's like this whole game. You need to learn the system of it. You're supposed to spend hours at a time playing it. They randomize the map, so you're always on your toes about what's new. But Mitomo, it's like you just run out. It's just there's nothing mobile things you do to, in ten to fifteen minutes, and then that's it. And if they don't have something to help you, can come back. Like they have a new awesome uh, Super NES sweatshirt if you're my nintendo member that i feel like would make much more sense to roll out the second week of mitomo not the fourth or whatever we're on like just all these things i feel like they needed to just shrink closer together and just have it constantly be doing things like in other words in other words they needed to strike when the iron was hot and the problem was after a week the iron was not hot anymore and they still haven't struck so if they like did mitomo drop ions faster that could it's even like domino effect, I guess. Because if they did Mutomo drop items faster, in theory, they could capitalize on me photos being memes and then new silly costumes, be it me just as a tree or you, me wearing a pancake suit. Those could have led to more viral photos because there are more opportunities to do different things with the photos because you had new costumes. But they're trickling them out so much that no one cares about me photo anymore as much, really. Like, when I say no one, I'm talking very broad here. There's, if you search me photo on Twitter, they're still coming in pretty frequently but they were like multiple every second now it's like multiple every few minutes they missed that window to do silly things with the costumes when everyone was talking about it and now they're kind of stuck i feel like so like even from marketing way it's hard to get people to come back in i guess so so don't get me wrong like i like i do enjoy mitomo i check it daily i spend like 10 15 minutes on a day but i'm one of your three to five apps uh, it's becoming one of them. But, like, I'm a Nintendo diehard, so I'm the exception, you're the exception, many of our listeners are the exception. But if Nintendo wants to make this service, or make this game, like, an actual service that will be used by people beyond just our, like, little Nintendo fandom bubble, they honestly need to pick up the pace. Like, 
Nintendo, start releasing things faster. Add new Miitomo drop games. Uh, maybe even optimize those way too long load times every time you open the app. Even if you just switch to App Stancher or text and jump back, I shouldn't have to load for a good 10 seconds just to continue writing my answer prompt in Mitomo. Like, I don't know apps that do that. So even little things like that, like if they can optimize that, that might help in some way. But all of that, just they just need to pick up the pace because the app, I feel like, has so much potential. Like, they could do stuff like you customize your room, like in Tomodachi Life or Animal Crossing. And then, like, when you visit other people's rooms, you know, through the menu, it actually looks different. It's not just a different color. It actually expresses them as people better and more to point more things that people will spend coins on which means spend more more real money which means you're making more than two hundred eight thousand a week like there's opportunity there or better yet maybe somehow the mitomo can integrate with the nx in some way like maybe your nx friends list lives in mitomo and next thing you know mitomo doubles as a psn style companion app because you know like psn is the app where you like check who's online and chat with people mm-hmm. they have the chat system built into mitomo sort of they have the the you know the comment system they could bridge the NX friends list and have it all be one thing. But none of this is going to happen if the potential of the app in its current form won't be fulfilled because no one's going to use the thing and then they won't have the motivation to spend the money to do the other things. So long story short, I just hope Nintendo picks up the pace with this thing. I like the concept a lot. I think it's really fun. It's just they need to move faster. It's I mean, a good concept. One thing that I think they hit out of the park for some reason, and yeah. this is like, it's a small thing, but I, I really, really like the fact that your me stands next to your speech bubble in comment threads, and they read out the comment out loud. Yes, I just, and I like the animations that go with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just love the fact that like I just scrolling down, like the comments are just read to you, like by yes. the me's in their voices, and that, I think that's just great. Yeah, that's the thing. Is there's so much this app does well, except the amount of content and the planning of the content. I think Nintendo just didn't look at this through the right lens of, like, a DNA should have told. Like, they're working with a mobile game developer. You'd think the mobile game developer would be like, hey, just by the way, like. There's new things going on every day. Well, I guess they did because there's new costumes every day or new outfits every day. But, like, it's definitely going too slow. They need to pick up the pace or else people won't care. Because it's, it's, it's just niche now, basically. Like, it's us Nintendo fans, and I don't know who else. I haven't seen any Facebook people join it after the initial couple days, at least in my social circle. So mm-hmm. so I think it's a, it's a really good concept. It just needs to be refined at a much faster rate. That's kind of my take on Mitomo. Like, I, I love the idea, but it's just... These things keep dragging it down. Like, why do I have to wait a month to be able to play a new Mitomo drop for new clothes? Why? Why? Why, Nintendo? Why? But yeah, so that, that in a nutshell is my take on Mitomo. I don't know if I covered everything you were thinking about besides the... Exactly. Talking. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... To a T. Cool. Yeah, but... Yeah, so that's Mitomo. Um, it is kind It does kind of, like... to tie in with our episode title it does kind of feel like a lost service like it's this thing that exists but it's like okay what's next where is this going from here and it seems like it's just kind of meandering it's just wandering through the app world not sure where to go it's just this poor lost service but yeah so that's that's mitomo you however have been playing a real game oh yeah that's right i call mitomo not a real game uh you've been playing Mario it's Super an application it's not it is it is so how is now that it's baseball season and people are talking baseball in the literal sense, not the figurative sense. How is uh, how is Super Sluggers? How is it revisiting it after all these years? So, as someone that doesn't particularly like watching baseball or care to follow baseball or do it is any- a slow sport or do anything like baseball related, I was I'm definitely shocked that I did and still love Mario Super Sluggers. Like Mario Super Sluggers is like definitely my favorite sports game of all times. And I've played a few different baseball games, like, randomly at people's places that have MLB or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, 
I don't know, it's just so fun. Like, I think it, everything that uh, Mario Sluggers, the, the first one, um, what was the first one yep. called? The GameCube? Just Mario Sluggers? I think so. Yeah, it was Mario Sluggers and then Super Sluggers. Yeah, that one, I think everything that the original one did, this one just, like, multiplied it times ten. And the first thing you have to remember and I guess keep in mind when... This is also the game where I feel... I've never seen such a... I've never had such polarizing opinions of a game based on what the national... On the, on the overall consensus of it was. And that was that the game was terrible because the controls didn't work. I never right. had a problem with the controls. And, in fact, I think the controls work perfectly with it. Like... After, um, I don't know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I can't even tell what I think they're doing wrong because, like, I rem- just like off the top of my head, I remember Game Trailers review when it first came out was saying that they tried waving it, they tried shaking it, but it just wouldn't work properly. Like, they just couldn't just get... just swing the Wii remote at the right moment, right? That's yeah, you literally work. just give it a little shake. Like, it doesn't matter, like, what you actually do. Oh, just like just, a waggle? Yeah, just, just a little waggle. Oh, okay. You pretty much have to think of it as the third input instead of, like, right. you're actually, like, pretending to swing the bat. I mean, you can, but... It's just another button. It's just an extra button, basically. Right. And once you have, and once you, I guess, have that mentality and you get it down, it just, you start getting onto all the layers. And this game, man, like, I was playing, well, I think what made me appreciate it more was that I was playing this game with someone that's an avid baseball fan. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me how many things this game, like, how, I guess, accurate it is to baseball. How, like, it implements almost every single rule you can imagine while stacking its crazy Mario-ness on top of it. So, I just thought that was really cool. Like, you could get, um, um, like, let's just get into, like, team building. Like, there's so many, like, I forget how many characters there are. There's, like, over 30 characters in this game. And each, and there's some characters, like, Toads, that get, like, five variations of Toads, each mm-hmm. with a different color. Mm-hmm. But each one has its own stats, because you get running, pitching, catching. And then, on top of that, every character has chemistry with a certain other character. And if you have good chemistry with them, they'll pitch balls faster to them. You could kick balls to them, and they'll do this crazy... Like turbo laser throw that it's like a thing from real baseball. Basically, <laughs> like there's like all these like, like layered advanced techniques in there. Like if you have two people with good chemistry running to each other, like because someone hit a like a home run, you yeah. could jump on them and jump super ridiculously high to catch right. a ball. Yeah, it's not realistic, but no, but Mario Sports shouldn't be. No, yeah, that's the thing. They're arcade games, like yeah, arcade. Like, it's just fun, and then um, and then on top of that, you have um like this meter that fills up for every proper catch and pitch that you do uh-huh. or hit and you can use them to use your star meter and if your team captains which you could pick more than one for one team but you have one designated team captain and they all have like star pitches or star swings and they deplete your meter but they every character just has a like some are more offensive some are more defensive mm-hmm. and just like figuring out when you want to use them like this is a lot of strategy to this game like I can't I guess uh, well, I'm blanking on the word I can't what say... What? What are you trying to say? Um, I guess I, I can't really properly say just how much, like, in-depth you can get with this game as far as just, like, creating the right team, creating... Really deep. <laughs> yeah, it's just a really deep game. It's way deeper than I ever thought it'd be. And on top of that, it has a pretty... a pretty beefy story mode. It's not the greatest story mode, but I found it entertaining enough to, like, kind of chuckle at the bad writing. Or, right. Well, well, sometimes there was bad writing. Other times there was, like, in, intentional puns and stuff, and... It was fun, entertaining, and unfortunately, it is the only way to unlock every character. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the time doing it. Like you sometimes talk to like Wiggler, and they're like, "All right, um, if you can do my little batting challenge, and then I'll join your team." And then you you're you're pretty much just building a team so that you could fight Bowser and beat him, and then you beat the game. But 
Yeah, there's just so many things to do in that game. And, yeah. and on top... Oh, yeah, and then, like, you know, I keep saying on top of that, but I guess another great layer is just the stages themselves. Like, every stage is just so different. You have some with a lot of traction, like the Luigi's Mansion with the tall grass that slows the, that slows the ball down. You have the ice rink one that obviously does the opposite. You have the Daisy Cruise ship that's really narrow, so you have to watch for the sides. And then there's obviously the ones like Bowser or Donkey Kong where there's just a bunch of obstacles that can just, like, ruin your day. Right. Um, you know what's interesting about Super Sluggers is it and I believe Mario Hoops 3-on-3 three three, or 3-by-3 three three are the only two Mario sports games not made by Camelot. So when you're mm-hmm. talking about how like deep Mario Sluggers is, I was like, that's probably because Bandai Namco made it. Like I, because Camelot they do depth in a different way with like the single player RPG stuff and like there's you know there's like different strategies you can learn. But like, which I guess is kind of what Sluggers does. But it's not like Sluggers like Namco is just like we're going all in on this one. It's like a real baseball yeah. game and then layer it with Camelot's no, like, yeah. flourishes. No, yeah, it's like they literally took like just a baseball game, like realistic baseball simulator, and then yeah. just added stuff to it. They yeah. did not take anything away from the actual game, which is just awesome. And you know, in retrospect, I think part of that's because now I think about base, uh, Namco has their own baseball series in Japan that's very popular. Like a Namco kind of arcade baseball game. So I wonder if they just took that and piled Mario Yeah, on because, I mean, it. the arcade just makes it so fun. It's not like, none of the characters feel like rigid or stiff to control. Like, it just, everything is fluid and like when you like, when you play it enough and like you get into the real beat of it, like my friend and I that we used to play this like a ton in college. Right, and right. I remember, yeah. Like, we got so good at it that we'd be able to like, we would be consistently doing like home runs on each other but we would mm-hmm. also be consistently like stopping them so games would get really, really close and Honestly, before this game, I didn't really... I mean, like I said, I'd never really kept up with baseball or anything, so I didn't even really know how the scoring worked exactly. Right. Or, like, or like, oh, the you have two people on base and all this stuff. And I learned so much about baseball in general that I was actually able to watch games and keep up with it and be like, oh, wow, thanks, Mario. <laughs> but Yeah, I, uh, I just looked it up. Namco made a series for a number of years, the last entry in 2011 for 3DS, called Family Stadium. And as their kind of arcade baseball game... I don't think the mechanics are the same as uh, Super Sluggers, but I think they def- that definitely informed them in the development of Super Sluggers, which is why it's as deep as it is. Which yeah. is only a plus in, based on what you're saying. Yeah, and I, if there's like, any issues I could think with the game, because overall, like, I don't say there's nothing, but I think the game like pretty much did everything perfectly. Like, I can't yeah. really think of anything that I did not like about the game, but the only thing was that it doesn't save your teams like you can't have a loadout of teams because it takes forever to pick a team so you either yeah, that so you either do a rematch with the exact same teams or you have to completely wipe your team and then like start over and just like pick them again and you know what you could do with the wii U virtual console version is just do a save state but then there's only one save state but why else would you need a save state ever because you're just, you're just only oh i see your point because it would get erased the next time you turn it on yeah never mind well no not only that but um never mind but, like I said, we we played this game so many times that we love to try, like, different configurations of teams. Like, I made, like, a villain team, a baby oh, team, yeah, a yeah. Donkey Kong, like, a, a ba- like, a, like, a Donkey Kong team. Yeah, I see your point. And, like, sometimes we'll switch out, like, um, like, every character has, like, they're so specific to their roles. Like, Donkey Kong is, like, a power hitter. He's the one that you want to save for your home runs. Mm-hmm. And then, since you could pick the line order, too, like, on top of that, man, I have to, stop, I have to say something else. But no, that's all that. right. But since you're, it, I mean, it's it's about mile tall tower at this point, all the on top of, but no worries. <laughs> like, um, like when you're picking your team, you could pick your batting order, and that's like another strategy that I never really thought about until like this game because like, yeah. oh, all right, so I have to pick two people that I know are guaranteed to hit the ball, maybe not get a home run, but maybe the third person has to be someone that I know can get a home run, so or like my power hitter. So it's like you have to strategically place them, and then your terrible batters 
you yeah the people that are strictly pitching that won't right. really they can't really promise you anything right. you have to kind of stick them where like all right i could afford to get an out right here so i'm gonna put them there and it's like you're a gm of a baseball team oh yeah and then they even give you like for i guess it's more for um there's more replayability afterwards where after you unlock every character you can every time you take a team to fight against bowser in story mode um, everyone that you use in that team gets a little star ranking next to them, and it powers up all their stats. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, like at that point, you want to just like power up everybody. So then you start taking every single person, like a bunch of other teams, and get them all powered up. So you can have like pretty much like the same game, but now everyone is kind of roided up a little. So right. I don't know. It's just it's a fun, exciting game. Interesting but, choice yeah, of wording. It, roided up baseball. <laughs> uh. But yeah, too bad. I mean, you can't save um like loadouts of teams. But yeah. I mean. Other than that, it sounds a, like that's your only nitpick, honestly. Yeah, it's a it's a really solid, like just fun baseball game. Like if you're not looking for, like realistic mechanics, but you yeah. still want like it to be a straight up baseball game, because like hoops three on three, that game it was basketball in name, but and in you concept, should, you there was a basket with a ball. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, scoring nothing. points. It yeah. was like a you collect coins to score it was, points. Yeah, it was weird. It was yeah. weird, but and that was also I guess kind of my, I don't know. I guess for baseball, that's like what it needed to get me hooked into it. Because I mean, for a game like tennis, I'm perfectly fine with the Mario Tennis games keeping it pretty grounded, nothing too crazy. Yeah, you have, yeah. like, star shots, but I don't need a bunch of random crazy mechanics. If anything, I prefer when it's, like, itemless and just straight-up tennis. Right, right. But, yeah, for baseball, I don't know. I think they, they hit this one out of the park. How long have you been holding on to that? <laughs> Since the start? No, I just came up with it. Uh, right that's pretty good. No, that's pretty good. It is interesting how we paired such a deep sport Mario sports game of super sluggers with like the shallowest Nintendo experience of Mitomo. <laughs> like like between the two. Find the happy medium like, guys and you have the perfect game. <laughs> yeah, like um, like I could tell you right now, like every person that I know that has had um and there's not that many, just like maybe like five people that um uh, decent number. Like like people that I've that I've introduced this game to that had trouble with the controller the with the controls in the beginning were like were able to master it by the end of like the thirty minutes to an hour right. that we played it. Right. So yeah, I, can, I played it a few times. So, so too, I can I guarantee you that the, the controls, like, you will, like, they won't be a hurdle. Like, they're not as bad as, they're definitely nowhere near as bad as people say. But, yeah, I don't know, I guess that's also kind of where, like, I mean, because that game originally came out a long ass time ago. And I just thought um, to myself, like, all right, I guess these people that are reviewing the games, like, they're busy people. They have to review a ton of games, so they can't put in the time. You to don't need to justify them being wrong. It's okay. I know. That's, <laughs> no, no, that, no, they're wrong, but. Yeah. I mean, that's also kind of why you, I don't know, you just have to try these games out for yourself, take reviews with a grain of salt, just because... So never yeah. listen to us again, you guys, there's no purpose. <laughs> don't, well, that's why we call them impressions and not reviews, see, very yeah. strategic. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this game is awesome, best baseball game ever, 2K, does it have a chance? 2K what? I don't know, yeah, 2K, I don't even know what you're Exactly, MLB the what show <laughs> is the answer, but yeah, so I guess that pretty much... Does it for his episode in that case? Um, well, I mean, there's still the the Bowser thing, but oh, that's right, that's right. I keep forgetting. In fact, you forgot it last time. You didn't even do it, so you owe us like a twofer. But you just you have a important yeah. announcement to make about your Bowser. So for those who don't keep up regularly, uh, all of 2016, uh, Angel here has been giving a different reason he likes Bowser in each episode until last episode when he forgot. And now, now he forgot once. He wants to change everything. So what's what's going on? What's your plan for us? Year? I don't even know anymore. What's happening? Um. We'll figure it out later. So for now, Bowser reason number... I forgot what number I'm at. It doesn't matter. Five. You have two of them now. You have to make up for last time. Putting you on the spot, yep. Fine, just do one, whatever. You, we'll do an IOU on the second <laughs> one for some future episode. Um, so, 
I don't know, this is kind of a weird, sad reason, because, like, Father was already my favorite character for a while before I got to this video, but this other reason just, like, kind of, it just added to the kind of reasons why I love Bowser. And that's also just, like, the So way it's a reason. <laughs> I'm getting so, to it. So, I know. I'm not okay. buying time. Um, really? No. Good for me. <laughs> no, it, it's just, um, it sounds weird. The, I guess how it feels to control Bowser in a game. Like, usually, um, being able to play as, like, the villains in games isn't super commonplace, and, like, Nintendo usually does allow you to play as, like, the villains, like, every once in a while, like, Mario right. parties and stuff, but, like, most of the time, they feel like any other character, because you're just playing, like, it's just a yeah, swappable yeah. thing. Yeah. But, I guess more specifically, like, in more recent games, like, Mario Kart, um, especially, especially, specifically Smash Brothers, like, just, like, the amount of power that you have with Bowser, just, like, how... If you just like run around the stage and like the screen shakes with every like step that he takes, he's like the only character that does that. Like it just they just did such a good job of like transferring like what his what this giant powerful turtle is supposed to be like in your hands. So I don't know. I just thought that sentence was something else. <laughs> <laughs> the giant powerful turtle in your hands. Well, I I, I tripped over it, but no, no, it was great. <laughs> it was strange out with no context, but it was. Excellent. They're pretty much like <laughs> they nailed being this powerful turtle in your hands, thing, dragon <laughs> thing, and that just like pretty much cements and just makes me like Bowser even more. Just to here's be able your to play second. Them. Here's your second two for reason you like Bowser, and it's one you probably don't realize. You like turtles, period. You like Ninja Turtles. You like Bowser. There's something with you and turtles, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's something with you and turtles, and he just fulfills the Nintendo. He's the Nintendo Ninja Turtle. There's your free reason. Am I wrong? Mm. He is I mean, sort of a mutant turtle. I don't know. He's not teenage. I mean, he's maybe not a ninja, but he's a mutant I mean, turtle. Well, 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 you may assume that I like turtles overall because no, you just like mutant turtles. I mean, it's just like ninja turtles specifically. There are no other mutant turtles outside ninja turtles. No, because you said like cause no, I, like, I, I honed yeah. in on it. You like mutant turtles? I, it took me a minute to figure it out, but it's mutant turtles, and he is the Nintendo mutant turtle. I'm giving you your free second reason because you don't want to think of one. You can say no if you disagree, but... We'll go with it. All right. You seem hesitant, but all right. Um, so I guess that does it for this episode <laughs> of the show. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, our next episode is actually going to be a pretty big one because, as I mentioned over the course of this one, um, Nintendo's financials are happening between now and then. So we're going to have a breakdown of all the numbers and news from that, along with any announcements they have. We also have full impressions of both Star Fox Zero and Guard both of those so you will want to tune in next episode for that and the thing about the financials is this is nintendo's last real chance to talk about nx in like a place where there's press before e3 so we might learn some more about the nx opposed to just rumors like in this episode um so to make sure you don't miss that it'll be coming up on april i believe 29th is that no that's wrong uh may 1st sunday may 1st will be our next episode april 29th probably when we end up recording it uh but yeah may 1st will be the episode so don't miss that to make sure you don't miss it you can follow us on twitter at ram nintendo you can also subscribe to us on itunes and now uh, apparently this is the week it's actually happening google plays podcasts uh entire store for everyone will apparently be going live sometime after this is posted so go to google play if you're an android user and you just finally subscribe to us there all of you post the last time i was like half of you so do that, uh, and if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review on either service. We'd appreciate it, and um, if you want to hear our own thoughts outside of just what you hear on the podcast, you can follow me, JSR7, on Twitter. You can follow Angel Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O, on Twitter, 
and we're both on Miiverse. I'm Jason R. He's Wero again. We're both on Mitomo. You can, uh, if you want to hear our answers to super random questions, we have the QR codes and all that information on the Twitter for Nintendo. So, with all that said, we will be back May 1st with a lot of news, a lot of anthropomorphic animals, and just the right amount of numbers.